Actor Bob Crane was a wildly popular and loved TV star from Hogan's Heroes and CBS Radio. He portrayed a squeaky clean Catholic family lifestyle, but after his death emerged a disturbingly bizarre sexual appetite. This week on Death and Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. Ah! What do you call this thing, anyway? Death in entertainment. Breaking news. What just happened? Will Smith just smacked the shit out of Chris Rock. Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Do you understand my wife's words coming out of your mouth? (laughs) What the hell was that? Do you guys think it was set up or not? No, absolutely not. Yeah. That ha- that would have to be some next level, uh, you know, Jerry Lawler, uh, Andy Kaufman type. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah, Will Smith would have to be willing to completely tarnish his reputation. And yeah, he comes off as the crazy person there. He's, oh yeah, he's unhinged, as you said in our text chain. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Rock. The only detail where he comes off bad is that it was a lame joke. That's, That's what I was thinking. I was like, the only punishment should have been a twenty-five year old reference that nobody cares about. Yeah, in a yeah. joke that's been burned other places by other people yeah and about a 25 year old haircut she's had that haircut since scream i know two. i'm like am i waking up from a coma like why yeah, i actually i thought scream 2 was on the tv i'm like i'm trying to get to the oscars here <laughs> like we went back in time or something yeah i was thinking of um the fact that in 2016 someone played a clip where uh you know after um the why is oscar so white and stuff yeah, oscar's so white there was a there was a boycott yeah. of the Oscars by a lot uh-huh. of African Americans and she was one of them and Chris Rock roasted her like you know that's like me trying to get into Rihanna's panties yeah. no one invited me yeah <laughs> and like he went like so I could have been retribution yeah I think that's what it was um, that was I- seen as self-serving though their boycott that year because it also happened to be the same year that Will Smith was snubbed for the movie Concussion uh... <laughs> why would that be a fucking who cares well if he was not <laughs> Nominated, you think they would have been boycotting? No way. They'd exactly. Be show, be, they have fucking bells on. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar, so what? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. After, if, as long as I win, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. into it. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I got a clip here. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. The whole crowd. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right there mm-hmm. is one of the most the most fascinating part to me because I know he was just about to be like, "Yo, your wife takes dick, but not a joke." <laughs> like I, I feel like he was gonna go in on her. Oh, he wanted right there. to. Yeah, for he sure. was like, oh, 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 "All right." Hard. It's hard to, in that moment, really just make a sound decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Chris Rock handled it perfectly because, <laughs> like you said, you got to make a sound decision because if he goes after them, 
who knows? He may regret it. He yeah, might look exactly. really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking to see if he had an earpiece or something, which he doesn't have because it looked like a producer. Like the way he caught himself, it looked like a producer was like, don't, don't, don't. Let's hear that. <laughs> Let's hear that again. Yeah. <laughs> I can, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. <laughs> okay. You could just hear the room just dead. Yeah. On a dime, just fucking stopped. Yeah. The mm-hmm. slap, everyone laughed and applauded. And then he sits down and says, keep my, na- my wife's name out your fucking yeah. mouth. And everyone goes, whoa. Well, yeah. Like, this is real. The crowd looked fucking shocked. <laughs> the oh, Rock yeah. is in the audience. <laughs> the, the Rock looked like he wanted to smack somebody after I that. I saw someone say, uh, Chris Rock's cousin, the. <laughs> 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 Was very shocked at this moment. Yeah, it's shocking. Well, Will tipped- Smith went to the Vanity Fair, like, after party or variety after party yeah. or whatever. And uh, dancing, was dancing. Getting jiggy with it. Yeah. Dipping into his own product. Yeah, exactly. That was just all for appearances to make sure people knew he wasn't completely insane and like, yeah. ready for the straight jacket. He probably thought he was going to lose that night, so he's like, I got nothing to lose. This is my last time ever. And then he won, and then he right? fucking won. He uh, went from the lowest point to the highest point in like 20 minutes. And then he like gaslit uh, Chris Rock and everyone else saying like he did it for his family or Oh, something. Yeah. yeah. What a fucking asshole. That was the most rambling, self-important speech. I didn't listen yeah. to that. I didn't and, listen to that. And I don't either. care. I don't oh. care what he has to say. Yeah, if you have time, which you probably don't because it was like 10 hours. But <laughs> it's just him saying like, oh, I did it because, you know, I'm a good father and I, a good right. husband, you know, and I so His sorry. kids are nuts and his wife bangs every other rapper in the fucking world. Yeah, his wife doesn't respect him at all. <laughs> at all. At all. No. Nuts is a polite word for the kids. Oh, yeah. They're out of their minds. Yeah. I think he's just trying to get back uh, into, well, get back. He's never really was, but get into like Tupac form because she likes the bad boys. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, and he was getting too soft there. He was, oh, way too soft. She's like, I'm fucking people in front of you. What are you going to do about it? And he's like, I'm going to slap Chris Rock on national TV. Well, he's fucking everyone too. He said he, you know, he he pukes when he comes. Like, you know, everyone's fucking everyone, which is perfect setup for this podcast. Today. Yeah, uh, it's true. Yeah. God knows what Will Smith is up to. Yeah, in his spare time, he's like, he's like he's, he's puking when he's fucking. He's fucking when he's puking. Yeah. You know? And let's not forget, this is the same guy that got Janet Hubert fired from Fresh Prince of Bel Air back yep. in the day. Wait, was that they the were- original sister? The mom. The mom. Oh, really? I'm Vivian. Yeah. Aunt Viv. For what? She was because they didn't get along, and he he ran the show. He's an he asshole. He wasn't the showrunner, but he very much was the power behind it. Yeah, yeah. there because was no was show the, without him. No, he was the biggest star. Yeah, right. He has a history of behavior like that, and he slapped someone before in public when they tried to kiss him. A prankster. Oh, I saw that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's his move. Someone he, brought he up Max. Yeah, someone, <laughs> slappy slap. Someone brought up an old Trump tweet where he's like. I think Will Smith did the right thing by slapping that reporter that tried to kiss him. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no use for Will Smith. I don't care if he goes away. I never want to see him ever again. And no. has he done a good movie since Independence Day? <laughs> <laughs> and that even is just like blockbuster yeah, bullshit you movie. You could have put Bruce Willis in Yeah, it could have been role. anyone. It would have been probably better. Yeah. The most recent big blockbuster, I think, was... Oh, no, he's done a couple. Like Gemini Man. 
Yeah, that's but let's not let's not forget. Yes, right. (laughs) Written by Max Landis. Yeah. Oh wow, forgot about that. (laughs) Who I saw dancing it up. Oh yeah, we haven't had haven't had a pod since then. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to Max Landis now. Yeah. (laughs) Who's who's another coward? Yeah. You saw him on St. Patrick's Day at right at a bar. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'll uh, cut that out. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to because he ended up posting that he was there, but uh, I don't know. But yes, he was like, he was dancing around and wanted everyone to see him. Everyone was trying to look at like everyone in the face. Like, look at I'm dancing. I'm mm. dancing. Check oh, me out. That's so, that's so obnoxious. Yeah. And then I filmed a video of him. But he he's turned around nobody. and looked directly into the camera. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoops. But, but oh, well. then... If you wanted everyone to know he was there, why would why would he care about the video being taken of him? Yeah, I don't know. He bounced right after that. Did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who cares? So you're gonna get out of here. Too many people noticing me. Too much heat <laughs> on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Random person. Random guy with cell phone. That's too much heat. <laughs> He's like, I think that guy recorded a podcast about my dad before. Yeah. <laughs> First episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> and there's more to the Max Landis story in whenever we do the in due time. follow up. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Twilight we'll have uh, more on that in due time. But, in due time. But this week, guys, we're here to talk about Mr. Bob. Crane, Bobby Crane. I think a lot of people will not really know who this guy is. We, I think we have some younger listeners. So this is a guy I didn't even know because he was on TV in like the seventies. Well, I knew about Hogan's Heroes, yeah, but I didn't know about what happened to him. Oh, you just thought he lived a normal, happy life? I thought he might have still been alive. I didn't know until we talked about it, like a couple years ago and i was like oh my goodness yeah the bulk of his career was in the 50s 60s and the 70s and unfortunately i'm not gonna spoil anything here he uh passed away (laughs) in 19 get out of here (laughs) 78 i like how we always say not to spoil it when the the teaser alone has the whole layout of the death usually the first letter uh, the first word (laughs) in our title might be giving it away so yeah we're going to take you guys to another time, a time that is June 29th, 1978. Uh, the week of June 29th, 1978, the Billboard charts, number five, is Grease by Frankie Valley. Grease. Oh, like, like Grease is the word kind of thing? Yeah, I think Gre- that I think that's a song. Grease is still hot. From that, that movie. Yeah, yeah. Grease. <laughs> of the same name. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're accurate. <laughs> uh, Boston's own Donna Summer in at, uh, number four. She's from Boston? Last Dance. I, I believe so. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That sounds I very... Uh, you kind of shaky on yeah. that. <laughs> we'll fall. We'll keep moving forward. There's a hard <laughs> fact right there. Last I think so. Dance. Last day. Donna Summer, she's yeah. a legend. That sounds like a great song to do coke at Studio 54. Oh, Hell there's yeah. no better song, probably. No, no better. She was born December 31st, 1948 in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. okay. All right. All right. We cool. got uh, <laughs> Miss You by the Rolling Stones in at number three. Great track. Is it kind of a B-side? No. No, it was a big hit. I saw them perform it live really? last fall. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You went to uh, SoFi Stadium. Uh Uh-huh. Hell, yeah. Brag about it. Take that for B-Track, motherfucker. (laughs) I I retract it. I retract the B-Track. Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty in at number two. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those songs you don't even remember exists. Yeah. You never knew the name of it. I never knew who that person but was. But you hear it at a 7-Eleven. You're like, what is that song? I thought that was Steely Dan, because they do that, and Lisa does that on The Simpsons, I think. So oh, okay. Her saxophone episode. And the number one song in... Midsummer, 1978, Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb. How does that one go? I don't even care. Shadow Dancing. <laughs> uh, I listened to it. I don't think I've ever heard the song in my life. It just sounds like a Bee Gees ripoff because obviously, I mean, he's, you know, a part of the Bee Gees. But he's but... in the Bee Gees universe. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like RZA doing something. Mm, uh, that's uh, true. Or the Jizza doing something that sounds like Wu-Tang or something. Andy Gibb is the Jizza of the Bee Gees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he is, you know, one of the Gibb brothers. Let's give him some credit. It's true. Yeah. I know his other song, I Just Want to Be Your Everything. That one actually was like the number one song of the year. It's also a little peep quote. Yeah. Very good memory. Thank you. I thought you were sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Gibb is like the old dirty bastard of the Gibb family. <laughs> it must have been kind of cool, though, to be like the young, snotty brother. And yeah. you have a number one hit, totally separate from the big brother group. That's pretty cool on your own, dude. Yeah. Get some notoriety like that. So. He had a bad death a couple years later. But other than that. Uh, that's another episode. <laughs> uh, what What's the movie situation around this time? All right. Well, we got some wild movies going on around this time. Wild. I, I bet. In including one called The Wild Geese. What? <laughs> those those geese quack, are quack, quack. wild. Is it like the, <laughs> it's just like the birds, but they're geese now. The um, geese. It, hey, uh, Ed, we got the out wild, wild geese. geese. Yes. <laughs> I think it's more like along the lines of the wild bunch. Oh, you know, okay. a, a group of the, like the Expendables, the mercenary Merc, types. Yeah, mercs. Yeah. Um, another movie called Good Guys Wear Black. Oh, is that a Western? That's your favorite movie, right, That's my favorite, yeah. I I wear black all the time. (laughs) Good guys. It looks like Chuck Norris starred in it. Yeah, it sounds like an action movie. Yeah, it it, it sounds like a movie. Kyle's doing a lot of sound effects this episode so far. I'm noticing. Yeah. Before I get to number one, another movie, Bad News Bears. Oh, yes. Go to Japan. Oh, oh, so boo. that's a, a sequel? Yeah. Yeah. It's I like don't think they started album. out in Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's usually like the fifth yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. What did you say, Walter Matthau? Yeah, I hope he's still, still in this one. I don't think so. Uh, Kyle, okay. do you have something to add about good guys wear black? Um, yes, it was a 1978 American martial arts action film starring Chuck Norris, directed by Ted Post. All right. Ringing any bells? No, not at all. I'm glad you did all that research, though. (laughs) Alejandro looking at each other like, what the fuck? (laughs) While you're at it, you might as well punch in Bad News Bears Japan. Yeah. And let's confirm if Walter Matthau reprised his role. They brought him back, yeah. Oh, I think. Or Vic Morrow, maybe, reprised his role. You know, before he lost his head. (laughs) (laughs) Me to it. Kyle, do you have the information? Bad News Bears Go to Japan, also known as Bad News Bears 3, is an American sport comedy film released by Paramount Pictures. <laughs> Are you going to read to us like who did the craft <laughs> services and like Yeah. <laughs> do you have any yeah, other uninteresting facts? Who's the script coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Joe. 
Joe Mama. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to entertain that. Son of a that. bitch! <laughs> <laughs> All right, who is the top build person? Okay, top build. Uh, Tony Curtis, Jackie Earl Haley, who oh. ended up being um, notable pedophile Frederick Krueger. Oh. And notable pedophile in Little Children. Oh, Little Children. With oh. Kay Winslet. Yes. Okay. Good movie. Yeah, good movie. Patrick Wilson. Nothing um, to do with uh, with this. <laughs> Regis Philbin is <laughs> what? also in this movie. Oh, my God. I hate these kids. <laughs> is that your final answer? <laughs> I'm a drunk coach. <laughs> Galman, look at this. I went to Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm dead now. <laughs> Kathy Lee screwed me. <laughs> Those fucking sweatshops. <laughs> NBC, fuck you. Find me. <laughs> the box office made seven point three million dollars. Okay, wait, seven point three million rentals. <laughs> Oi! Just so to confirm, we're, we're now talking about bad news bears. We're taking a deep dive. Yeah, in bad yeah. news bears. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, bad news bears I think three. Yeah, Jackie Earl Haley must have been the returning celebrity. Yeah. from the original. Tony Curtis was the number one. He was like the replacement for Mathow. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Tony Curtis, legendary actor, was in some like a hot among other things. Yeah, yeah, big. He was not the top of his form in 1978. Yeah, he was uh, was an old buzzard around this time. If he's doing, uh, you know, B and B3. Yeah. (laughs) All right, number one movie. (laughs) You could have just as easily said Bad News Bears, but we'll we'll move on to the next movie that's uh, big around this time. I'm quick, you know? Yeah. (laughs) The number one movie (laughs) was Heaven Can Wait. Wait, wasn't that the disaster movie? Wait. I like how he says wait, wait right yeah. after. <laughs> Heaven? No, this is the movie that Warren Beatty directed and Buck Henry wrote. I thought this was the one that like brought down like Paramount. Studios. Oh, no, no, no. That's Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. That's no, what I'm thinking. This is the one where Warren Beatty comes back. He dies he's, and he's comes oh. back. He's a quarterback for the Rams, killed Could, in an auto accident. Oh, yeah. Okay, it was very okay. successful, made a ton of money. Yeah. And it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. And we're coming full circle now, Chris by the Rock way. Chris Rock did a yeah, remake Exactly. <laughs> Chris Rock remade it as yeah. Down to Earth. Yep. Oh, that's an official remake Official of it? remake of oh, Heaven I, Can Wait. Wow, I didn't know that. One of many of Chris Rock's horrible movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's... <laughs> it is beyond horrible. Yeah. Besides Warren Beatty, this movie also stars friend of the show, Charles Grodin. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well-known curmudgeon. Uncle uh, Martin. Charles Gro- yeah. Which, Uncle Martin Mark. Yeah, well, you guys are a fan of that movie. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Everybody needs to go and find the movie Clifford, if you can find it anywhere. Watch it and email us about how wrong Mark is, please. Okay. And Chris Rock... Rest down to earth sucks. Yeah. yeah. And okay, so did your G.I. Jane joke. But you didn't have to be bitch yeah. slapped because of Maybe it. Maybe he doesn't belong at the Oscars. Maybe that's the problem. I think Will Smith doesn't either for the record. So hot take there. Hot take. Right before I get <laughs> balls deep into this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know, man. I I had my brain is like broken from from researching this guy for the past couple of days. Um, 
This guy was a sicko, you know? He's a sick puppy. Is mm-hmm. he? Yeah. Bob was? Bob Crane mm-hmm. was a sick puppy. Um, wow. It's weird because he... he Everything about him seems like, you know, he has all these perversions and sick shit going on with sex, but he he does it all with a smile like he's like um, William H. Macy in Fargo before he goes completely crazy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's got all this shit going on, but, you know, he puts on a very nice face to it and like kind of. I'm going to choke you, don't you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he was Irish in that. Um, <laughs> um, so Bob Crane, a little early early life he, stuff here. He was born in Waterbury, Connecticut in 1928. Not to be confused with Canterbury, which is where Charlie Rocket died. Oh, mm. wow. Close area? Yeah. I don't, is, that, is that close? I don't it's even a small know. state. I don't know <laughs> shit about Connecticut. Like I used to like play some like... Uh, travel hockey there and stuff, but I just went to Hartford area and back. That's all you need to do. And then drive all the way to New York. Get out of there. Uh, So Connecticut (laughs) likes the buries. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, um, you know, Southern England type Mm -hmm. of uh, named towns. Whereas I think, I think we're in mass. A lot of it's like more Northern England and stuff. Um, Okay. Yeah. A little weird tidbit. (laughs) No one asked for. There you go. Ed. um, He mainly grew up in Stamford, which is like right over the border of New York. So it's like Stamford, basically the Connecticut, New York line, and then right into New York there. Stamford is the home of trash TV. Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. Oh, really? Steve Wilkos, Maury Povich. They all share a studio. Who's retiring. Yeah, 30 years done. Boom. Bye-bye. You are not the father. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a good run. Um, He had a pretty normal childhood. I recall a part of the movie. I watch autofocus as like research for this. Mm. So a part of the movie, um, Greg Kinnear's character, who's playing Bob Crane, talks about his likable personality and how, you know, how good of a mediator he is. Because he explained that in his life growing up, he had to be the big mediator in his family, getting his brother and dad to like calm down and stop fighting all the time. Because I guess they had like a rocky relationship and stuff. Yeah. Um, Heard that story before. Yeah, <laughs> which I, it doesn't excuse any of this stuff I'm about to talk about. <laughs> but it might help explain it. It explained the type of guy he was. He was just uh, like that amicable, kind of nice guy. And that's the personality kind of ga- gave off. Like you go into the bank, you don't realize the teller's suicidal because they're smiling and yeah. putting on the motions. Exactly. Yeah, you don't see him in those moments. And I think a lot of people, uh, they realize he had kind of like two lives and like two mm-hmm. personalities and stuff double life classic yeah, pretty double much. life yeah and i think you just got used to that growing up in the 50s or around that where everyone was you know and you mm-hmm. never like ed gein you no one ever knew what was really going on with that fucking nut <laughs> Nor- and they didn't want to know yeah <laughs> we still don't unfortunately yeah, we still don't want to yeah, know i didn't want to know but we had to do well, the podcast personally i want to know everything but yeah that's just me <laughs> so again he's growing up uh stanford connecticut very likable guy Really into the drums. Red flag, Kyle. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> now that's a real sicko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's uh, when you know. Um, in 1949, he gets married to his high school sweetheart named Ann Terzian, which I think is Armenian. I, I, Ann Terzian. Terzian. T-E-R-Z-I-A-N. Okay. So they had three children, Robert David, Deborah Ann, and Karen Leslie. I don't know why I, I needed to give uh, their first and in, in middle name. <laughs> the original I, Karen. Uh, the Hello. original Karen, yeah. Um, so Bob starts his radio career in upstate New York, and then he quickly moves back to Connecticut in the 50s. He began getting a lot of attention because New York broadcasters 
were getting very annoyed he was siphoning all the listeners over into Connecticut. Because I guess they had a big signal that the technology just recently allowed like the signal to go over to New York. Mm-hmm. And he was so popular, he was taking all the New York listeners and stuff. That's and, awesome. And he was like kind of pissing off all those New York uh, heads. It was like a comedy show on the radio. Yeah, he did like a comedy show mixed with like voices, drumming. Um, he had like a lot of guests on and stuff like local celebrities. Honk, honk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello! He's exactly whatever radio personality you make fun of yeah. these days. Hey. Early morning zoo. Yeah, pretty much like that. Just, you know, commute. You know, entertainment for truckers and maniacs and stuff like that. John Candy and Little Shop of Horrors. I don't know if you guys have seen it recently, but I just watched it the other day, and that's exactly what he does. Oh, is it? Yeah, just like, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) And Harry Schur in Wade's World, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He hits, like, the the bullet-like sound effect. He goes, oh, they're getting closer every time. (laughs) Doesn't listen to a word anyone else is saying. He goes, you're a total idiot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's right, Wade. (laughs) because i think it's gotten very cliche to make fun of like radio djs and stuff because it's a hard job and you know i'm sympathetic yeah so in 1956 he gets a huge opportunity to go and work out in la Mm. in los angeles in very sunny los angeles tinsel town wow you guys are like mind melded wow (laughs) wow do you feel that one kyle (laughs) there's a spirit in here guys (laughs) So the family packs up everything and they drive across the country to, uh, they move to Encino in California. Which is famous for the man. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of a stupid Polly Shore joke too. I was going to say we're going to edit that up, but no, we're going to turn it up yeah. <laughs> in the edit. Uh, <laughs> also famous for Bryn Hartman shooting Phil Hartman. Today. Yeah. yeah. And the Puka 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 Puka. Puka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your favorite restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do like that restaurant. You've I, said that several yeah. times on this very podcast. We might go there at some point in the future. We'll, we might it. live stream we'll, yeah. from there. It's going to be a stop on the Death and Entertainment tour coming to LA. Yeah. By the way, we're going to be putting together a Death and Entertainment <laughs> tour bus. Tour bus around LA. <laughs> And the 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 overreaches of uh, L.A. Yeah, not to be confused with Lil Peep's tour bus. True. No different situation. Yeah. Which some say is still running out there <laughs> <laughs> on its own. Yeah, <laughs> and you can see through it because it's an apparition. <laughs> there's no one driving that tour bus, <laughs> but there's a guy sleeping in the back. Yeah, it's and Lil Peep snoring like a grizzly bear. <laughs> um. So. His show in Los Angeles is kind of more the same of the um, the Connecticut one, but here he you know he does more of the drumming, the sly wit as they say. But now he has like legitimate stars uh, coming in to sit in and, and be interviewed, Mar- big time. Marilyn yeah. Monroe. Frank, wow. President. <laughs> that sounded like Mr. President. <laughs> Who the hell was that? <laughs> Six Toe Monroe. That's who that was. We are, are, are you trying to do a radio show? Oh, wow. <laughs> He's doing sound effects yeah. and stuff. He's like the guy from uh, Winslow from uh, Police Academy and shit. Beep up and Yeah. I think he's trying to transition this into a radio show. We start yeah. now. He hasn't created drops yet, so he's trying to do them live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do it live! <laughs> Fuck it! 
Uh, Frank Sinatra would show up once in a while. Hey, that Lewis. bum. Hey, baby, what's up with that sex stuff, Crane? <laughs> oh, uh, and Bob Hope would come by once in a while. So he was like kind of a... The airport guy? Yeah, the guy from the airport. <laughs> so he was really attracting like C-level celebrities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. His show quickly topped the morning rating. So he was like number one right away. Fuck yeah, if you got Sinatra, Monroe, and Hope. He became the king of Los Angeles airwaves. Boom. Which the the last people that had that title, I think, were Kevin and Bean on K-Rock and stuff like that. Yeah, they're crap to me. I had a friend who used to uh, record their morning shows when he couldn't listen to all five hours of it, and he listened to it all. Jesus. (laughs) Fucking mental patient. (laughs) That's that's another level. Is he Um, okay? Uh, he, <laughs> must he, listen to Kevin and me. Yeah, maybe he was in a facility right now. So. Yeah, <laughs> um, he he'll get out in twenty years. Yeah, so, and then he'll kill someone. So around this time, Bob also does some appearances on like other talk shows. Um, he's really making his way through town. He gets a small role in Donna Reed and continues to do the radio show until Wait, in Donna Reed. He got a small role on Donna Reed. Is that that's her show? Yeah, the Donna Reed show. Okay, I thought you meant like he was in Donna Reed. Oh yeah, he, he might have been. He was inserted, <laughs> oh, right? Based on what we know now, he very well might have been. Yeah, this guy was sucking and fucking all over town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> but the for the younger listeners, yeah, the Donna Reed show that was huge. That was a big show. He yeah. got a small part on that, but it kind of set him up for what turned out to be his big big break. Which is Hogan's Heroes, mm-hmm. which you know it's it's a crazy script if you think about it. Like the the general concept of it for anyone that doesn't know is it's a uh, prisoners of war, American prisoners of war. They're stuck in a German war camp, basically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I never watched like a full episode of it, but I I knew of it because Colonel Clink was like the like a Nazi. Everyone did that impression of the Colonel Clink, I- iconic, yeah. comedic character, a Colonel Clink, and then Hogan. Yeah. It's a crazy idea for a show. It's ambitious, I'll say that, mm-hmm. for a multi-camera uh, like ABC TV show. Especially back then, yeah. Yeah, it's still, crazy. you know, like 20, 30 years after World War II. It's kind of like, right. you know. They say if you love World War II, you like love a- Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, that's what Ed Bagley Jr.'s <laughs> character says in that. And then he turns out to be a, a Jewish journalist. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it would literally be like if it was like a Guantanamo Bay sitcom now. <laughs> I, I bet you that pilot's out there somewhere. Yeah, probably. <laughs> a 9-11 multi-cam. Yeah. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> okay, I'm going to drop the bomb first, and then I'm going to explain. <laughs> so, it's a 9-11 multi-cam sitcom. Hold on. 101 stories. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So that's at least 100 episodes. Yeah. Boom. Easy. Done. It was so popular, though, Hogan's Heroes, everyone would have their Colonel Clink impression, which I'm not about to do. But it was straight man and then funny person with German accent. That's the whole show, basically. It turned out to be a great premise and a great show, and it goes like five or six seasons or whatever. Sailed right past the controversy. Yeah, yeah. Went on for six seasons. Initially, there was some kind of pushback, but then it just kind of, you know, like most things that are good enough to get past bullshit like that. But Mm -hmm. the sitcom Hail Honey, I'm Home didn't get so lucky. What's that one? (laughs) There was a sitcom from uh, England, I believe, that lasted 
an episode or two called Hail Honey, I'm Home. About, Shut up. About Hitler. Oh what? my God. Well, there's, there's, honey, there's been some crazy oh shit out there, like that, that Jerry Lewis Holocaust clown uh, movie. We've uh, talked about Oh, it's this. never been released. It's never been released. Never yeah. been yeah. seen by anyone except Harry Shearer, Speak of the Devil. Yeah. So that's what I immediately, immediately started thinking of when they were talking about this. Initially, he didn't know if he wanted to do this because it looked like a crazy idea. It sounds like it would never pass. <laughs> yeah. Even then. And you could just be, you could be attached to that for the rest of your life. And you're like, oh, you're the guy who did the Colonel Clink or the, you know, yeah. the Holocaust movie or whatever. And but. think about it then. There was no political correctness then and it was still controversial. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So around this time, he's uh, doing the show, which is crushing. And uh, he's just like, you know, he's always been a, a weird guy with sex stuff. Uh, he's, he, you know, he was a, he, he, was, <laughs> he was a devout Catholic and uh, he went to devout. church. Uh, that's been debated how much he went to church and stuff. So it was alleged that he went to church every week. And he was like a big time Catholic, big time family man. And yeah. I guess things starting to happen. Like his wife would find... Lots of porn <laughs> and like a huge sizable amount of porn um, and not wholesome porn, not wholesome porn. Yeah, this is not <laughs> the porn you bring home to mommy. You know, <laughs> this is not the Paul Rubens, Jeffrey Jones <laughs> yeah. variety. Tasteful. Yeah. The PG stuff. Yeah, this is not ready for prime time. <laughs> While he's working on Hogan's Heroes, he's introduced by Richard Dawson, who was his co-star, the English co-star, who eventually went on to do Family Feud and stuff like that. He was introduced to a regional sales manager for Sony named John Henry Carpenter, a.k.a. I'm going to call him Carpy throughout this. Fish. That, yeah, that's what uh, <laughs> I know. Exactly. That, that's what uh, he called him. He called him Carpy. But, yeah, that's such a bad nickname. Hey, hey, Carpy. Hey, Carpy. Carpy. Let's um, go get some pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go just get some copy. <laughs> Something smells like copy in here. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> my dick. <laughs> so he's like big in with Sony. He knows all about their technology and stuff. And I think this is like the first time Sony became like a major player in electronics and stuff. That's an interesting way to introduce Americans to their products. This scumbag Carpy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't even know yeah. who this guy is. <laughs> Apparently, Carpy uh, was putting in Dawson's hi-fi in his trailer uh, on the set of uh, Hogan's Heroes. And then they were introduced to each other, and they became like fast friends after that. Yeah, it was the kind of thing where they bonded over, oh, isn't this technology cool? Like, yeah. check out this 8mm camera or whatever. And, yeah. you know, oh, I can install some bomb speakers. <laughs> in yeah. your house if you want some bitching stuff well yeah. i think right away it made me believe one of um bob crane's sons said that uh, he had been videotaping women since like the 1950s so while he was the supposed family man yeah he exactly. had already started it's all bullshit what, like peeping tom stuff or like no, sex stuff no sex stuff he was already doing videotapes even before so i'm saying he met carpy john carpenter no, no relation to the director. Um, <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> the director of Halloween killed Bob Crane. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know about this path. Um, but I guess when they got together, uh, Carpy had all this technology and stuff and all this like Sony uh, filming equipment. That's how they really bonded. But I, I think he had been doing that even before 
he had all this kind of before he it wasn't Carpy that yeah he had his taught own stuff him before. how to be a player in a creep basically <laughs> yeah he was a creep on his own before okay. he met Carpy so him Carpy and Richard Dawson would just go out to like strip clubs and hang out all the time and like get a ton of chicks because they were like big TV stars mm-hmm. and shit it was easy yeah. It's like shooting Carpy in a barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, there's the line of the episode so far. Well, that's the way how things would work out. They'd be like, you know, Bob Crane would just kind of show up and just say, I'm Bob Crane. And then the girl, the notoriety right away. And then Carpy in the background just be like the weird Weasley, like creep in the back. Like, hi, I'm here. I'm his friend. He'd call him his manager. That's how they kind of worked it. He'd be like, this is my manager, uh, John Carpenter. And he probably told a lot of these women, like, I can get you in the movies or TV also because I'm the manager of Bob Crane. But yeah, it was very much though. He's this uh, Carpy is getting the shrapnel from yeah. Crane. <laughs> yeah. he, he's not leading the troops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's definitely um, a B player in this. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, there is, uh, if you play, I don't know if you have the document open, but autofocus yep. meeting. This is, this is portrayed in the movie autofocus. This is basically the meeting between Bob Crane and John Carpy Carpenter when they first meet. I'm such a fan. I just wonder. A picture I... together? You betcha. <laughs> Smile. Photography's always been my thing. I'm Bob Crane. John. John Carpenter. I'm a real if you like photography, you wouldn't believe this new equipment they sent me. It'll blow your mind. What will we do with it? Home movies. One of my clients is having a party up in the hills on Friday. Could be fun. Are you oh, saying another one? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh. What's your secret? Three words. Don't make waves. You're a fortunate man. Yes, I am. So that's him. That's him and Carpy meeting, which is Carpy. He's played with with brilliant creepiness by Willem Dafoe in this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's either a cool thing or an extremely disturbing thing to have Willem Dafoe tell you, like, I'm having a party. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just the way he says it. And since we just listened to some of the trailer, we might as well go out and say it. The movie is terrific. Great movie. Yeah. Hands down. I watched it again the other night. I haven't seen it in a bunch of years. It always creeped me out for some reason. The way I discovered it, I was aware of it. And it was... Not too long after it first came out. Yeah. I was up late one night and I was flipping channels and then autofocus was just beginning. It's like one in the morning. That was great back in the day. Yeah. (laughs) And I watched the whole thing. It's like 3 a.m. I'm stunned. Yeah. I am creeped out. Willem Dafoe is going to enter my nightmares. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about it. It like rattled me. It's so creepy. Yeah, the the desperation and the weirdness. Well, I'll get to that later. How he kind of turns out because the beginning, like their 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 the friendship goes amazing at the top. It's yeah. great. <laughs> oh yeah, the movie itself though is perfection. Yeah, Paul Schrader directed it. Who wrote Taxi Driver? Yep. Oh, wow. Did you notice, too, how well they captured the time and place? Yeah. I think the relationship started in the 60s where, you know, that was when, like, things, the summer of love happened, 1968, Mm -hmm. and, you know, things were okay, and sex was, like, positive, and everyone's fucking, and it's not a bad thing. (laughs) And the sucking, don't forget. And the sucking. (laughs) Don't forget the sucking. With the fucking comes the sucking. Uh, (laughs) Otherwise, get out of here. That's in the Bible. That's in the Bible, yeah. (laughs) 
Book of Job. I towards think. the front. Yeah, yeah, I towards think. the front. Yeah. Hey, hey, it's in the front. Okay. Uh, the Book of J O. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then as it goes on, like their friendship, it just gets stale and sour, and you know they realize that you know this can't go on forever. At least uh, Bob does. Yeah. <laughs> They're going until like, you know, they're really just playing out this fame that Bob has. They're both living off of Bob's fame. It's kind of like Entourage, but like a much more I was just thinking that. He's like a one-man Entourage. Yeah, he's like Turtle, Johnny, and like everyone wrapped up in one. All in one except without (laughs) the winning personalities. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But with Willem Dafoe. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, they just go on a tear of LA, just kind of, you know, fucking anything that moves, basically. Bob on the drums, you know, doing whatever he has to in order to get girls attention he would play at these clubs too right yeah he yeah he played yeah he played drums at he, these clubs he would just kind of go up there and then he just did it every weekend basically imagine how much he was killing i think he was just a really good womanizer too he was just one of those guys that just had that personality you know whatever that is you know yeah. just to to fool people into <laughs> into whatever yeah. he wanted them to do charming Charming, but like, and there's a toxic side of that too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In which he's like a vulture kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and like he's using this sheen of like this nice guy kind of persona, but deep down he's just like a, a sex hungry, like lunatic. His motto in a lot of ways was something like personality is 90%. Yeah. Oh, did he say that? Yeah. But for him, it's almost 100% and there's nothing else left. Yeah. It's just personality, shallow, hollow, and there's nothing underneath. So he's perfect for Hollywood. That's yeah. why yeah, he was exactly. bound to get out of here. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, so, he, so at some point they start recording all the, the sex shit going on with him and, uh, and Carpy. So they're filming all these women, and there's been various people saying some women said that it, they allowed it, they were okay, you know, they knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of people came out after Bob's death that they they were not okay with that. They did not give permission. Oh, and they didn't know for the filming, and they did not know. Of course Whoa. not. Yeah, they were setting up cameras all over the yeah, place. But those were cameras were so big back in the day. Like, where could you hide a camera like that? No, but this guy working for all these corporations like Sony, he had access to the latest and greatest technology. Good point. They and there were the cameras that weren't that big at that time. They were building it in the, in the furniture and stuff so they could hide it. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, they really took it seriously. And for no other reason than to get themselves off. Yeah. They're not yeah. selling it like the Pam and Tommy sex tape. Right. They just want to watch it and masturbate again the next day. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't I don't have the clip, but there was a clip from Autofocus where Greg Kinnear, Willem Dafoe, they're watching the, the previous night's, you know, encounter. <laughs> and they're like, oh, man, look at the cans on this girl. I'm just going to I, I got to whack it to this girl. They just start, <laughs> he just starts whacking off in front Instead of, of calling her again. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's just what he he had a sick perversion. I believe in that same scene. Is that the scene where Greg Kinnear's like, what, what is that? And then they pause the footage. He points to a hand that's grabbing his ass. Yeah. He's like, whose hand is that? And Willem Dafoe's like, that's my hand. Oh, get out of yeah. here. Yeah. Well, there was, car- there, was, there was a lot of reports of Carpy being bisexual. Yeah. And, and in that same scene, he goes, he goes, but you put my your finger up my ass. I thought it was her. Yeah, and then he says, I thought you liked it. Yeah, yeah. I think Carpy was trying to like <laughs> groom him to, to become his boyfriend or something. 
I don't know exactly. He had this notion that, hey, it's an orgy. Anything yeah. goes. Anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they were they had a close relationship, but they had like some touchstone moments like that where they were like, you know, mm. they're getting beefs here or there. They're mostly on the same page. Mostly on the same page. But not when it comes to him sticking his finger up his ass. But the only thing that really keeps them together is that neither of them drink, which is a red flag also. Yeah. On top of the drumming. Glad you brought that up. Yeah. And, uh, Good point. They were both what you would call teetotalers in the day. Neither teetotalers? A tea you never heard that teetotaler? I have, but I, I don't know what that means. Okay, let's uh hear. Teetotaler is I think it was a um it was like a book or something. I, I don't know the exact story, but a guy wrote a book or something and, and it, it the out of it basically came the term teetotaling. A teetotaler. Yeah, it would sound very Irish. Which a person sense? who never drinks alcohol. Oh yeah. that is the definition. Yeah. Teetotaler. So they're basically a couple of Crystalia's hitting up the town. Pretty yeah. much, but as far as I can see, they don't have, there's no pedophile, there's no under 18 stuff going on. They're all women mm. of a certain age. <laughs> so in 1970, by this time, these guys are like, you know, like as I was saying, like fucking everywhere and everything. <laughs> Painting the town brown. Painting the town brown. I don't know why brown. brown. Yeah, they're shitting Sounds on people. Sounds like an STI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bob's uh, first wife leaves him. Anna is like, I've had it and seen enough. She's finding a lot of porn. She knows that she's out until all hours of the night, you know, doing God knows what with Carpy. So she's like, fuck this. I'm, I'm kind of moving on. Before that, they had tried counseling with the church, with the priests and stuff. And, ah. you know, good luck there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's probably, probably turned like, out worse. yeah, how many women are you sleeping with? And he's like, he's smell like, my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, how? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave up count, father. <laughs> Um, Forgive me. Now, I'll take your finger out of my ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a problem with that. A lot of guys' fingers his ass. <laughs> Not- yeah, everywhere he went. <laughs> yeah, the poor guy. Um, yeah, around this time, also Bob was already having an affair with his Hogan's Heroes co-star Sigrid Valdis, who played Hilda on Hogan's Heroes. Like the secretary type. Secretary, the yeah. The, the girl camp. you always want to, like, you know, give it to on the show. Give a good stup. Give a good stup. Damn, she's well, hot, too. Yeah. Um, she went by the name Patty Olson as a as an actress. So, so her real name was Sigrid. Yes. Okay. But, but she went by Patty Olson as her, like, acting name. So the wife is like, okay, this is enough. It's not worth it. Um, I don't see this guy changing anytime soon, and I don't want him like being a weird. Because already by this time, he has a really close relationship with his son, uh, Bob Jr., I guess people call him. Mm-hmm. Um, the oldest one, right? The o- Yeah, the oldest one. Um, so yes, he was the oldest son, and... He's like his friend. Like mm-hmm. like Bob Crane was like a kid with his kid basically. He was showing him like, you know, porn, his own sex scenes and stuff and like in pictures of him like with women and shit. The son was privy to his secret life. Yeah. Which wasn't so secret with yeah. his son. His son would just tell him whatever, yeah. you know, and he equated it to the birds and the bees talk. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was Bob Crane's version <laughs> yeah. of the birds and the bees. Like, look at this chick I'm banging right now. Or yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I guess Bob Crane would just show everyone all these pictures and stuff. Oh, I guess God. specifically he showed Patsy. Um, Patsy Klein? Not Patsy Klein. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much information here. Oh, you're so- crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm sorry. He showed Patty Duke 
Um, oh wow! Like nude pictures of all his, you know. His, Why would Patty Duke be interested in that? <laughs> he, he's crazy. This could be you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good Bob Frank. <laughs> Can I see your finger? <laughs> <laughs> but he's nuts. He just shows people shit like this, and but like I think he's such a nice guy that people, assuming to his face, they're not like you know, you get the shit out of here. You know, they just kind of go along with it, and you know, it's still kind of like. The 60s and 70s, you know, swinging sex stuff. So it's astounding to me how much he was recording. It was rare then. Yeah. And this guy was filming every sexual he had, encounter. Like, fucking warehouses yeah, full like, of shit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like Spielberg didn't have that much film in his house. <laughs> so, yeah. So, as you could see, you know, the, he had a small house in Encino and he can't hide all this stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, his wife probably came across some crazy fucking oh, shit. Yeah. He's probably like fucking a rooster or something. <laughs> You know, who the hell knows what he's got in there? So they divorce in 1970. The same year he marries um, Ingrid uh, from the Sigrid. show. Sigrid. Sigrid, yeah. He marries Sigrid from the show. Interesting, the same year he divorces, he remarries. Moved right on. And I guess uh, Sigrid was on board with his sex stuff. She's cool with the double lifestyle that he's, he's leading and stuff. Because she would go to the strip clubs with him. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But she's not hanging out with Carpy. You know? No, no. <laughs> That's a whole nother level to this. And they did lose the third guy, right? That other actor by this point? Yeah, well, um, him and... Uh, Dawson? Lawson, Dawson? Dawson. Bob Crane and Richard Dawson did not have a good relationship. Richard Dawson went for the same role that Bob Crane had on Hogan's Heroes. Oh, wow. And he lost out to Bob Crane. And ever since that, he'd always give him, like, cutting... Like lines here and there, like, oh, do you forget your lines, Bulb? You know, he'd always like start be fucking with them forever, mm-hmm. which is weird also to me because I don't think Richard does Richard Dawson have that accent. Think of an accent. Oh, yeah. He's British. I think he it, and he would insinuate he was gay sometimes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like you a bit swishy there, Bob. <laughs> yeah. 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 He'd call him gay and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is weird to me because when um, Sigrid and uh, Bob got married. Richard Dawson was the best man, but they also got married on set, oh. which is a weird. Oh, fucking so thing also. that was just a show. Maybe I guess I don't know, but yeah, I guess he's they... like I'm not gay just because I'm fucking this carpy guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just because he's got his finger up my ass that makes me gay. Yeah, so for a while, uh, Bob and uh, Sigrid were pretty happy. They had two kids, and you know they seemed like oh, they had two kids. They had two kids. Yeah, because I I know of one that they had. I didn't know they had a second. Yeah, they had a daughter, and uh, they had a son together. Okay, because yeah. that son, I believe, became an actor, right? Well, the the son, the other son. Yeah, the not, other, not, not the, yeah, not Bob Jr. I'm talking about the. He's got some other crazy shit yeah, going on. The one that was born around seventy one. Yeah, he yeah. became an actor. He did. Yeah. Um. So eventually, Bob's career is running on fumes, and he starts touring dinner theater. Which is, you know. That's rough. That's rough. <laughs> Very rough. To go yeah. from a hit TV show to yeah. the dinner theater circuit. And I think his agent was like, this is all I can get you. Because I think around this time, like I was saying, he's showing these pictures around of Patty Duke, you know, all these other celebrities. And I think it's we're yeah. trying to get out there that this guy's a liability, mm-hmm. that this guy's trouble. <laughs> if you just have to start with Patty Duke. If he showed <laughs> yeah, her, yeah. that means everybody's fucking seen exactly, it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bob Hope, Frank yeah. Sinatra, Marilyn Monroe's bet, ghost. I bet, <laughs> I bet you he even showed Frank Sinatra. This is how crazy he I is. I bet Sinatra oh, yeah. joined him a yeah. couple times. Hey, babe, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, by the way, the dinner theater circuit, I would like to remind our listeners 
It may sound familiar because I mentioned in the Park Your Carcass episode, the actor Frank Sutton from the Gomer Pyle show died backstage performing dinner theater. Oh, wow. He died at the Beverly Barn Dinner Playhouse in Shreveport, Louisiana. Yes. His replacement was Bob Crane. Oh with the God. show Beginner's Luck. <laughs> really? Yeah. Frank Sutton drops dead. They bring in Bob Crane. Wow. That's like Bob Crane's wife. Like one is has enough of him and then a new one yeah. pops in. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a curse that dinner theater circuit was <laughs> in the 70s. Well, one of the good things about doing this dinner theater thing is that him and Carpy can now just travel the Southwest and like find a bunch of new crops of women to videotape and stuff. So they bring all the equipment with them throughout touring around with this dinner theater bullshit. Obnoxious. <laughs> and like Kyle said earlier that, oh, that must have been big to carry around some of those cameras. It's one thing in your house, but to schlep it around the country. They brought it through fucking major airports. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different story. Yeah. And I at this time, I don't know how much Carpy is really focusing on his job because he's just leaving on a whim and just going to hang out with Bob. He's like a fucking groupie, basically. Yeah. It's getting weird. Like he, Bob is like, he's fine on his own. He can get chicks. He just doesn't even want to be around Carpy anymore, to be honest. The thrill of the self voyeurism is wearing off. And no, but I, I don't think that's it. No, okay. no, I think he, he's still doing it fucking big time. Oh, so he has his own equipment. The he movie says he, you know, he wants to get out of the scene, but I don't know if that's accurate because he's still got fresh. Like the cops found brand new videotapes that he was just taken like the night before. Okay. And a All bunch right. of pictures and stuff. So I'm not sure if you wanted to get out of the scene, but. Well, if you're a sex addict, you're not suddenly rehabilitated. And like, That's true. All right. I think I'm going to quit cold turkey now. Yeah. At this time around 1978 also, him and Patty are splitting up. So Patty. Uh, Patty is also, uh, um, that's her stage name. Oh, right. Right. We, so we, S Sig. Siegfried. Sig yeah, I Siegfried. Siegfried. Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. He was dating Siegfried, by the way. Yeah. Also. No, okay. Siegfried. Siegfried. Okay. Yeah. Uh well, we could go by Patty, which might be. Okay, here. we'll go by <laughs> Patty from now on. Yeah. His Hogan's Heroes co-star. Yeah. The the blonde. Okay, um, so she's jumping ship now. As she's well. jumping ship. Yeah, she's out. And want and probably gonna take half his money. So maybe I don't know. I I'm up and down on this. I don't know if he's a hundred percent because he's an addict. He's a sicko. But I don't know. His his second marriage is crashing. And maybe you're right. Maybe he is thinking of getting out of the life, as he call it, as he calls it. You know. And well, doing... it must have been taxing on him. Yeah, yeah, probably. And maybe it's just... eating that much ass. <laughs> <laughs> the millionth time yeah. in a month, he's probably like, "Oh God, you this get, is so boring." You get like Will Smith. You, maybe he started like puking when he was uh, yeah. eating ass. <laughs> he punches Bob Hope at the Oscars. <laughs> That's always the end game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What'd you say about my wife? <laughs> my, what'd you say about Secret? <laughs> Keep my wife's ass out your mouth. <laughs> and I hope they burn in hell. Yeah. It's for my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, around this time, he goes to Scottsdale. So this is like kind of the end of his life. You know, he, this is, he's doing the show uh, Beginner's Luck in Scottsdale. We should mention he did uh, Disney Flop. Yeah, he did one Disney movie that kind of went nowhere. Super dead. And I think he uh he was he got it as a favor for someone else yeah. and like yeah. And they're like uh 
you're not exactly too wholesome there, Mr. Crane. I know, yeah. (laughs) But I guess we'll employ you. I think he got lucky with that one. But then after that, I think the word was out that this guy is a fucking creep and you don't And it flopped. Let's let's be honest. If it it made some money, the next one would have been Super Dad Goes to Japan. Yeah, like if if Army's Hammer last movie made, uh, you know, $18 billion, he'd be a movie star still. Yeah, Death on the Nile 2 over here. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, it is a weird thing that Disney does now where they uh, take people who have been in uh, compromising situations sexually and make them megastars. Like Eddie Murphy. He got caught with a transgender prostitute in his car and was like, I was just giving him a ride. Her. Her. (laughs) They, them. And uh, then he made The Haunted Mansion and made a bunch of uh, kids movies after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was just giving her a ride. Yeah. What's the big deal? Yeah. You know? So, Bob and Carpy are still doing their thing. Now they're just doing it in uh, in Arizona here. It's parked in Arizona for yeah, a little yeah. bit? Yeah, they, they stop in Scottsdale, Arizona yeah, for some okay. time. And they're, they're doing all their stuff there. So they have like a, a weekly show that they do yeah, there. The same show, Beginner's Luck. Yes, Beginner's yeah. Luck, yeah. Which... It sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, from what it I've seen like the of most it, yeah. Hack play ever. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it though. You're you're eating like a steak. Yeah. Some crappy steak. Having a cocktail. Like, do you really care what and they're doing like, on stage? And you're like the biggest superstar in this small town. You're like you're the biggest thing going on in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. All these girls are like, hey, you know, this guy's a celebrity, and you know, he's got like a whole new pool of you know victims, as you'd call right. it, to uh, video. Definitely victims. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the dinner theater doesn't have to be good because it's not like they have to put on Angels in America yeah. for that circuit. Yeah. With these, uh, you know, blumpkins, you could put on anything. Exactly. <laughs> they wouldn't give a shit. Because, like I said, they're just eating their steak. Yeah. They don't yeah. care. They're barely looking up and, you know, they're laughing once in a while. <laughs> they're eating the steak while he's eating their ass. Oh, oh whoa. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Kyle over here. Her, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh, the devil. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Evil Ed McMahon. Evil Ed McMahon. That was, <laughs> that was Bobcat McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> like the Joker fight. <laughs> Um, Bob Hopeless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is the end of the relationship between Carpy and Bob. They're hanging out, and at some point, he's like, you know what, Carpy? Um, he had told his son this, too, Bob Jr. He's like, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to get rid of him. He's going to break up with his friend. He's mm. like, fuck this. You know, this is not going well anymore. Did he just get the the idea that, or he just finally figured out that Carpy was kind of just like a hanger on? Yeah, yeah. I think he understood that Carpy couldn't really do anything for himself and at some point it just become a one-sided relationship where he didn't really need carpy he had all the electronics and stuff so he was kind of he was ready to move on basically <laughs> um there's another clip from autofocus this is just so good play the, the second one there second one first yeah okay this is when they're breaking up <laughs> breaking up is hard <laughs> to do guys breaking up is hard to do there I said it. What am I, like uh, a drag? A drag on your career? Who's always been there for you? When you were moping, complaining, oh, 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 John, John, nobody wants to hire me. Flying around the country whenever you called, hauling your shit from the airport, taking seconds. I'm a drag. Well, you're, you're a f-ing loser. Bob Crane's a loser. And you're a loser! But this is basically the setup, like, you know, they would had always, like, had a great relationship, but now things were kind of crashing to the end. Yeah. And, 
and coming I guess, to a head. I think with Bob Crane, he like really didn't think anything bad would happen. He could just like tell some guy like this to fuck off. Yeah. And mm. he would just fuck off and that would be the end of it, which <laughs> I maybe most people should have that idea. But I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm like super paranoid sometimes. Like, is this guy going to fucking kill me? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You have to I've leave it on good terms. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, make a, a soft break, not just in some fucking Scottsdale bar. Just say, uh, well, I'm done with you. You're a drag. <laughs> You're a drag. <laughs> I don't need you anymore. Yeah. Well, because also I think uh, this flip side of this, like I was saying before, I think Hollywood, you know, he was getting a bad reputation for all this kind of weird sex stuff. So I think he was kind of cutting. Carpy Loose kind of had to go as a result of that. His career is in tatters at this point. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I got to, maybe I'll anything. lose this creep I've been hanging out with yeah. for 10 years. And everyone was <laughs> telling him that his his wife, his soon-to-be ex-wife, his son, um, you know, his agent, everyone's like, you know, leave this kind of lifestyle behind and you'll, you know, maybe you could, we could do something in a couple of years with your career. And that's the kind of friendship they had. Like, he's not a friend you can bring to Thanksgiving dinner. No. Yeah. He's like a drug friend, basically. Yeah. He's like your Coke dealer friend. <laughs> and finger up your ass friend. Finger up your ass friend. Yeah. Um, so after they have this kind of last hurrah, last dinner, last hangout thing in Scottsdale, Carpy was set to go back to L.A. the next day. So what happens is the next day is June 29th, 1978. It was a hot 106 degree day in Scottsdale, Arizona. Ooh, it gets hot. Um, I'm sweating. Bob was staying over at the Winfield Place Apartments in Scottsdale, Arizona. Bob is found dead in his bed, bludgeoned to death on the head with a camera cord wrapped around his neck. Jesus. He was found by Victoria Berry. Her married name is Victoria Wells, who was a relatively unknown B actress who would go on to have a small role in the best little whorehouse in Texas. Throwback. Throwback. Mm, to um, one of our previous episodes. Yeah, we did. Dolly Parton. That. Yeah, Dolly Parton. That yeah. was the number one movie when John Landis killed a few people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and her quote was, uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And I said it was from that movie. You yes. did. Yeah. And we were surprised. Yeah. And no one's confirmed that. <laughs> no one's fact checked me on that. I assume I'm correct. There's um, a listener out there. Uh, you know, so you know Victoria, Victoria yeah. Berry was a co-star in Beginner's Luck. Okay. This has been up to for some contention here because, yeah, I think they were supposed to have lunch. Go and, over lines. Yeah, go over lines and stuff. And she was supposed to tape something uh, with some of his equipment, which was not no. sexual. No. She said it was a dub for the play, which I don't believe any of this. Huh. <laughs> so you think maybe she was also one of his conquests? Well, Initially, she made the claim that she never, they had a brother sister relationship and they had no relationship at all. Something uh, tells me Crane would, that wouldn't stop him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah this fucking, this fuck hound <laughs> is going to have, you know. <laughs> you're like a sister to me. Yeah. Where do you want to do it? Yeah. <laughs> and I fuck all my sisters. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take that sound bite. <laughs> I'm going to get canceled after this. <laughs> Will Smith is going to slap the shit out of you. <laughs> Walk on up to North Hollywood. <laughs> Come at me. Um, so what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So Victoria 
Yeah, she made that claim that they were just platonic friends. Bullshit. Upon further pressing from the detective, she admitted that they had had sex twice, which probably means a lot more. Twice while he was dead. I know. (laughs) Rigor mortis fuck. (laughs) Last dance with Mary Jane. Rigor mortis fuck. Hello. Okay, we're working on that. Workshopping it. It's still better than G.I. Jane 2. Yes. <laughs> Anything's better than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she was maybe going there for a rendezvous. So she, maybe, In or maybe this dubbing thing was real. Maybe the lunch thing was real. Who knows? But around 1 p.m., she goes there and finds his body. Uh, initially, she, uh, Victoria thinks the body is a female due to the darkened head area. Due to the blood and bruising. So he's like, You piece of shit, you're cheating on me. <laughs> well, you're cheating on me with a chick with a penis. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. This girl is very strange. Everything's very strange out here. By the way, it's a gruesome scene, right? It's a gruesome scene. Like yeah. the brain matter is on the wall. But it's really dark. So oh, it's okay. really dark in there, but it's like a hundred it's like the surface of the sun outside. And there's no Phoenix. AC going on. There's no AC that I know of. Yeah. I can't even imagine what the smell was like. You'd probably be able to smell like a half an hour after he died. Oh, my God. It probably smelled like any room he was ever in because there was a lot of sex going on. Yeah. (laughs) They probably all smelled bad. Yeah, she takes a a sniff. She's like... She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, must... it's hard to discern. Robert? It's yeah, hard to... <laughs> it's hard to discern the death smell from the sex smell. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At that, uh, she's point. like, did you get started without me? Yeah. <laughs> well, she's confused when she goes in there because I guess he had told her in the past that he had, you know, he had been with this woman who was very distraught for some reason and cut her own wrists in bed with him. She and did that. No, yeah, a, a different different uh, girl. Uh, that Bob had told her in the past that this happened. So she's like, maybe that happened. You know, she's kind of. Ditty blonde, you know. Okay, she's yeah. not the smartest tool in the shed. <laughs> oh <my God>. uh, <laughs> this poor actress. I know, I know, but you know, she also thinks it's Carpy. She's like, maybe okay. it's Carpy because uh, you know they're always together. But then she sees Bob's expensive watch and's like, no, it's definitely Bob. Mm. Um, Which is a prop they would use to lure women. Is that true? Women. Oh, yeah. the watch. The, yeah, the expensive gadgets like the watch. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> and also. W- how does she know so much about Carpy that he wouldn't have a nice Doesn't watch make or, any sense. Yeah. She's um, going to see Bob Crane. Yeah. And she finds Bob Crane dead. Yeah. Oh, but I thought it was a, a one of his girls. Oh, I thought it was Carpy. Yeah. It's very weird. Um, Ed Beck, the stage manager from Dinner Theater, eventually ID'd Bob's body at the Scottsdale, Arizona morgue, which I don't know why she couldn't do it. It's very weird. She knew weird. it better than Ed did. This investigation as is... As far as we know. Yeah. Well, she's seen uh, him downstairs. If you yeah, know that's what, I mean. what I'm yeah. saying. Well, I'm saying he might have, too. She could ID the body from, you know, backwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this investigation is fucking insane. The Scottsdale had never had a legitimate homicide department. Mm. What? They just did not have anyone who had ever... Killed anyone. Maybe they just had murders and they just buried them. I don't know. What the I, fuck? I've heard that it's now it's more developed it's and more, more populated, but then yeah. it was very much a small town small kind town, of vibe. Yeah. That's so crazy. Well, like Scottsdale, Tempe, Phoenix, they're all kind of connected. It's all yeah. like one yeah. big town. Well, in 1978, the city was divided into geographic districts, and detectives were assigned to each area. Han- they handled all the crimes. 
There was no specialized training in homicide investigations, like forensics, blood spatter, or whatever that Dexter NCIS stuff. You yeah. Know. Yeah, they don't do that. <laughs> Kyle is kind of like, yeah. yeah. So um, what district was this? The red light district? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there, yeah. Is there the opposite of applause yeah. for that band? <laughs> 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 yeah, play the slap. <laughs> yeah, get Will Smith in here. <laughs> um, so anyway, the first officer who shows up to the scene is Paulette Cassetta. Uh, she closes the door and waits for detectives to show up. She kicks out Victoria, who's a distraught mess, and <laughs> she probably was before this anyway. With a name like Cassetta, I bet she meant business. Yeah, she sounds like... Get out of here. Yeah. I'm by the book. Um, <laughs> no one messes with Cassetta. <laughs> Eventually, detectives Ron Dean and Dennis uh, Borgenhagen. Borgenhagen? Yeah, Borgenhagen. Okay. Borgenhagen. <laughs> I believe that's German. Yeah. Um, hey, I Borgenhagen her, you know? Hell, honey, I'm home. <laughs> Let me just finish my Borgenhagen over here. <laughs> yeah, right over. Um, they show up around 3 p.m. Neither had, had ever handled a murder case in their fucking lives. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor bastards. Yeah. They walk in like, oh, where's Bob Crane? <laughs> yeah. I loved him on Hogan's yeah. Heroes. <laughs> and then they're like, holy shit! <laughs> his brain he's, is all yeah, over he's the moon, wall. moonwalking in his brain. <laughs> <by mistake. laughs> I don't know where his ass begins and his face ends. <laughs> That's Bob Crane's dick. <laughs> and his body's over there in the oh. opposite corner. Oof, Maron. <laughs> hey, you said it, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> We're turning into the awful radio show. Yeah, that Albert. Yeah. Hey, hey, Johnny. <laughs> it's evolving over time, whatever I'm trying to do there. I was trying to do Evil Ed McMahon. Yeah. Evil Ed um, McMahon. That's the new character. The new hip character. Yeah, yeah everyone. All the kids are doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very wacky episode we're doing here so far, and I like yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> Ed Gein kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. Very uh, very wacky. Like Some it. Geeners. A lot of Geeners. geeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, also involved in the investigation is a guy named Barry Vassal and a bunch of other miscellaneous officers mm-hmm. who they walk into this crime scene and they're just stomping all over the fucking place. <laughs> not like not like they're doing the Broadway. Slap, slap, slap. Not like they're doing the Broadway show Stomp or anything. <laughs> but, but they're, just, they're making a mess of this crime scene. Okay. They're touching everything. They're getting fingerprints all over the place. They're smoking. They're chain smoking inside this place. They're they got playing. trash can lids on their feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, stop. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're bringing the funk and bringing the noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're bringing the affordable family entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Stomping around. Yeah. Like, what? How obnoxious, though, at this gruesome crime scene. Yeah. And there's like blood fire. Fucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you and there's think like, you'd be like chill and stoic and they're like, we gotta clean this up. What? <laughs> yeah, where's the maid at? <laughs> we, gotta, we better get started. It's a lot of, <laughs> it's like pulp fiction. Like. It looks like like the training uh like module you'd have for like being in the police department detective. Like everything is there and they're doing every single thing wrong. Yeah. Like before um, DNA as well. At some point they bring in Victoria, they have her picking up the phone. 
Uh, they're right. using the phone. They're picking up the oh, phone. Right. They're calling people. So then they can't even tell. Yeah. Who? Yeah. The, get the fingerprints. Yeah. They need. Um, they found all the videotapes, which he had. <laughs> they did a deep dive on those. Yeah. And that's they must the... have had fun. That must have yeah. been a, a party <laughs> night for the uh, mm. the police department there. That is wild to imagine those videotapes. They, I would expect, you know, like eight millimeter, you know, like snuff, you know, like you know, <laughs> murder porn. He or made something. a snuff film, basically. I know, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I guess they said most of the videotapes were as quirky as they were kinky. Quirky. They, as were, they were silly. Yeah. Kinky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Scottsdale Police Department gave their own review yeah. Yeah, of, the, of this. That sounds like a tagline for a movie. <laughs> yeah. Or the trailer. <laughs> yeah. It's as quirky as it is kinky. Yeah. For he's the just wor- banging chicks. He's just banging chicks with the Benny Hill theme song in fast motion. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, with sound effects. Wham, wham, like, boing. <laughs> you're not too far away from it, actually. He would cut in shit like stuff from like the Benny. He would shut. No. Uh, yeah. Like, no. He, he would cut in like you know. Um, That's hilarious. Like wow. random TV shows and stuff. That's insane. He cut him him himself on a Phoenix talk show in the middle of a porn he was making, <laughs> and then he cuts back to the fucking. Oh my god! <laughs> the reason and then why he cut in a scene from the Andy Griffith show at the end after he came, <laughs> oh, after holy he comes. Shit! And Don Notch is like, you know? <laughs> "Hey there, Andy! <laughs> I hope you came enough." Yeah, he's doing like Adult Swim like videos yeah. and stuff. That's oh what I'm gonna my say. god! This is so avant garde. It's this not even avant garde. I know because no, it's not for distribution. It's not for consumption. Show it, yeah, for consumption. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is just public. his personal stash. Yeah. Like, and, and he's editing for hours and hours. Like, you know, we edit podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff. He's editing video in 1978 for hours and hours and That's hours. Hilarious. When he died, he was cutting all the swear words out of Saturday Night Fever for his son. <laughs> wow. Wow. That that's what one of the last videos they found was the Saturday Night Fever, but all the swears were cut out. So he's that's showing funny. son the women he's having sex with, but he has to cut out the bad words from Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's the, no, I think it was for the younger son. Oh, the son younger that, one. Yeah, okay. yeah. His first son is like fucking traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> the damage is already done there. Yeah. yeah, he's being forced to watch. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> the other son. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Clockwork Orange yeah. with the fucking with the eyelids taped open. <laughs> so let's tag team. Get over here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so with all this evidence going on, Carpi had actually mentioned another huge book of photos of women that was never found. So, okay. yeah. Car- and where's Carpi at this moment? Oh, I'm, I'm washing gla- his hands and clothes. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, before I say that, they also found a bunch of booze uh, that uh, bought. Like I said, Bob was a teetotaler, but I think it was for the women that were also teetotaler. He's a teetotaler. Cunt. We can't have you, you cunt. Yeah. <laughs> Bob was You're driving sober? Yeah, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you name normal things that you, sh- you should do, and then you say cunt. Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, equation. Uh, so Bob was found bludgeoned in the head with what appeared to be a camera tripod. However, the murder weapon is never found, but the tripod was missing. It's just a camera on the ground. 
Yeah, how did they know there was a missing tripod? Well, these. The, Why would you assume like, oh, that camera must have a tripod? It's weird. I don't. I, I didn't get that part. Like, I I read like you know fifteen articles about this. Okay. I still haven't found out how they knew it was a tripod. I think it's just from the the way it broke his head and stuff okay. and bash it in. It said Sony on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's good advertising. That's better than a billboard. <laughs> Uh, I guess there was some semen uh, found on Bob's thigh, but it, it was never tested. One of the oh, detectives, um, uh, tasted Borgenhagen, asked. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, that's cum. I need, I need some. You did it like you do coke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need some sauce for my Borgenhagen over here. <laughs> it's my family made Borgenhagen uh, sausages. <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, Borgenhagen said he brought this up to the metal, medical examiner who said uh, they never tested it, just figured that, who cares, he just had a piece of ass. That's mm. what happened. <laughs> okay. Um, like, it's not, we're not going to get anything. We're not going to get anything. Yeah, well, you, know, you know, like, don't bother me with your, your bullshit, Borgenhagen. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's probably cranes, but still. Yeah. Yeah, it, it seems to be the case. I don't know why that would have been such a big deal, but it's just something that they found uh, notable. But, but if it wasn't, if it was Carpies, yeah. then case closed. Which is, if if we're talking about the real Carpy of like the other side of Carpy, mm-hmm. he would maybe jizz on Bob yeah. and then take off. Very uh, feasible. That's a power move. That's a power move, yeah. yeah. In fact, there's no way that wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah the the overall inspection of the body is a fucking nightmare the uh the coroner instead of doing taking the uh body back to the uh lab and doing the autopsy there he just does it in the bed what to to figure out how he died like the the true cause of death in the bed he's just doing everything there and like you know poking and prodding and doing everything wow yeah it's it's fucking that's unheard of um, I have a video. There's this documentary called Murder in Scottsdale, The Death of Bob Crane. Um, starting at 610, there's some juicy stuff about how badly this crime scene was handled. Equipment all over the living room. There was videotapes laying. Videotapes. The scene itself <laughs> See it. was in the bedroom. <laughs> uh, and under Sons lighting down. conditions, it was observed that the <laughs> individual had been bludgeoned to death. Pretty, pretty grotesque scene. Mr. Crane was laying on the bed. See it, son? Uh, <laughs> a, a kind of a fetal position. There was a lot of blood around. It his does head look like a chick. And on his neck. Yeah, now that you mention and, it, uh, it does. Yeah. Spatters, uh, blood spatters on the wall above the headboard of the bed. And then there was some, uh, look like white marks on the sheet were something <laughs> full of blood. Why do they all the have the whistle? And uh, yeah. just a cord uh, tied around his neck. Wow. Other than that, we didn't, uh, you know, touch anything until the uh, the medical examiner arrived. Yeah, right. On the corner. Jesus. Um, and decided to examine this the body. This is detective neck. Because <laughs> he has a big neck. Stop. <laughs> Y'all can't see it right now, what but it's huge. What do you have on your shoes that you should son? get out? Okay, so yeah, the now, fucking corner was Don Knotts. <laughs> That's what I call a neck. <laughs> Volume ten. Call him Joey the neck. <laughs> Her neck, the Joey. <laughs> uh, so like sloppy scene, you know, as we could tell, mm-hmm. uh, huge fucking mess. Everything contaminated. Uh, there were some movers who were working in the complex in the morning. Never questioned. 
they just kind of got away. Uh, the next day. So like Adrian Shelley, maybe. A little bit. Are they su- suspects? No, they're okay. not suspects. As of right now, uh, the main suspect, I'll just give it away. It's Carpy. Carpy is the main suspect. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Based on everything we've said so yeah. far. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just to give you more examples of the crime team being fucked up, Detective Vassal goes and picks up Bob Crane's son, Bob Jr. Also comes with him is business manager Lloyd Vaughn and attorney uh, Bill Goldstein. I don't know why all these people come. And Lloyd Vaughn was a big deal, wasn't he? That well, sounds familiar. He was the, bi- the real business manager of uh, Bob Crane. Okay. I don't know why all these guys would come out. What do they think they're going to do? Get uh, some money? So Find the, some money The somewhere? police bring them back to the uh, room and let them, still... let them stop around and everything. Really? With this, everything still? The body's gone. The, oh, okay. the, body, the body's okay. at the morgue, but like they, they're stomping around and stuff and touching everything. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, uh, See, a stomp was real popular. Oh, stomp. <laughs> yeah, they, they never inspect Carpy's hotel room, the police don't. They just totally just... To- and that's where he was at the time yeah well in his hotel i'll go into uh into where carpry is um i can't believe how many people they were bringing into that room yeah i'm surprised they didn't bring the dinner theater in there <laughs> let's do it from the hotel tonight we'll do it live <laughs> do it live <laughs> so carpy is the number one sp- suspect off the bat right away carpy and bob were seen the, the, the night before in a club arguing into it is suspected that this was Bob basically breaking up with Carpy, as we saw in that video. Mm. Um, People witnessed that. Yeah. I'm a drag. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't no drag. (laughs) So after Bob is found dead and all these cops and everyone's in his room, like wondering who did this, everyone's like, wait, where's Carpy? That that's the name of this port this mm-hmm. chapter here. <laughs> Where's Carpy? It's like the Brian Laundry scene people witnessed. Yeah. So th- them arguing at that whatever that place was called. Yeah, the the breakfast place. What what was it called? Like Joey's Lafeteria or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had a really lame name. Anyway, I I digress. So remember when Virginia was taking all the calls in in the room at right after the death? Yeah. Um. Who was she calling, by the way? She wasn't. No, she was taking calls. Oh, like taking, she's a fucking secretary no. for a murder scene. Oh, yeah. they're just answering the phone. Just answering oh the phone. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, one of the calls is from Carpy. Carpy calls, and she's like, where the fuck are you? He's like, oh, I'm back in L.A. Carpy's already back in L.A. That fast. He was supposed to get a ride from Bob that morning to the airport because he was going back to L.A. anyway, but... Bob never showed up, and Carpy never even bothered to check in on him to see if he was okay or what happened. And so, so is this call a bit of an alibi setup? Yes. Okay. So this is what what, what uh, Carpy did. He called her, he called Bob Jr., mm. and he called like like five other people that Bob Crane knows. Oh, my God. To say, oh, I'm very worried about uh, Bob. I'm, I'm back in L.A., you know, like... After the the body, uh, I heard some noise there last night. I just want to make sure he's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from my hotel. I yeah. Could hear it. So remember that missing photo album? Missing photo album. Yeah, the, that he said Carpy. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The detectives, after the fact, believe it may have been Carpy's way of setting up a possible other suspect. Okay. Which is another like uh, like a, a robbery. No, like thing? a boyfriend of someone that um that Bob was fucking, oh. who was in. The uh the photo album. Which is plausible with the amount of women he yeah. was sleeping yeah. with throughout the seventies. So Carpy calls back 
<laughs> at 3.30. And this time, uh, Lieutenant Ron Dean took the phone call and identified himself as a police officer investigating an incident at the Crane apartment. He's like, you're talking about the the splattered brains on the wall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we didn't mention anything about that. Yeah. Uh, Carpy told him, he's like, we were out until the wee hours until 1 a.m. And then Carpy would later revise that to 2.45 a.m. upon questioning. He said he found his own way to the airport later that morning for his flight home. The detective of Dean found it odd that Carpy didn't ask what kind of crime had been committed. Uh, right. Not saying like, hey, is my friend okay yeah, or what happened? On? He didn't ask any the, questions. The curiosity like kicks in when you're, when you're not involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, really? What's going on? Is he okay? Yeah. So Carpy, wow. that, that morning around like 8 a.m., he checks out of his hotel way early. Like, way too early for his flight, like hours before the flight even came. Wow. Like, two and a half hours before, and then he claimed later is because he thought the flight was earlier. Oh, come on. Could they see when he bought the ticket? No, he had already had the he ticket He did for have some the time. ticket? Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean anything, though, because he could have been planning the murder. Yeah, because what he did is he dropped his car off at Avis at the hotel he was staying at. Oh, okay. And then he just took a cab to the airport from there super early in the morning. So no one knows really what happened between the hours of like 3 a.m. and like uh, 8 a.m. from Carpy. He had to have been freaking out knowing that someone's eventually going to find that dead body. Well, what he did, th- this is a whole intricate thing. It's So it, like it was a passion kill. I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is the most confusing thing. So him and Bob are hanging out the night before where they're breaking yeah. up. And some people say... That it was a very contentious hangout they had. And then Carpy, some of Carpy's, uh, you know, people said, you know, they seemed like they were okay. Carpy's people, who are they? Carpy had, you know, not his people, but like he had like witnesses who who said like, you know, they were okay at some point. So maybe the entire night wasn't contentious. And then the moment he broke it off, that's when things got really crazy. And so they go back home. Bob calls his wife and they get a huge fight and then they want to go back out again. So him and Carpy go back out to another club. They hang out with two sisters. One goes home and one goes with Carpy. And Carpy is going to take this girl home. But this girl's like, this guy's a creep. I, I, I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she leaves. But he says to her, it's like, oh, because um, it seems like the, the girl really wants Bob instead of Carpy. And he goes. The story of their entire yeah, adventure yeah. together. And he said to her, hey, I promise. um, if do this for me, please go to Bob's apartment tomorrow at 1 p.m. And she's like, she just said, yes, I'm to death just to get rid of the carpet. She goes, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. And then, and, she, and then he hands her like a bloody knife. Like, <laughs> yeah. and bring this with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bloody uh, the tripod. tripod. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Tripod. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was. <laughs> He was kind of purposely trying to set up this entire thing, it seems like. It's what it seems To get like. away with killing his friend. Yeah. Um, and then that last phone call is the one he had where, like, you know, he gave him one last chance, Bob, really one last chance to, like, be friends again. And then he still said, you know, fuck off, Carpy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, like, like at 3 a.m., that's when, after that, something happened. And I think mm-hmm. it was basically Carpy hitting him in the head with the tripod. Were they able to at least figure out what time it happened? They said it was any time between, um, I think it was 3 a.m. and like 5 a.m. And 1 p.m. No, (laughs) in 5 a.m., I think. That was the actual cause. Okay, so like a two-hour window, 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Another crazy thing happens. They're driving uh, on the way back from the 
club initially before they went back out again and they got a flat tire and the person fixing the flat tire at the gas station they stopped at could have sworn that someone had purposely popped the tire. And the mm. police believe that Carpy wanted to get him on the side of the road while he was fixing the tire and kill him with a tire iron. Then. Holy shit. Huh. But they went to the gas station instead. But they went to the gas station instead. Mm. Yeah. Look who's Carpy now. <laughs> Carpe diem. Yeah. Carpy's holding up like a crowbar in the air. <laughs> then Bob's like, hey, check this out. He turns around and Carpy hides it really quick. Like, oh, what? <laughs> Uh, so in the room, there was no signs of a struggle at all, except for the fact that the the brains were bashed in. <laughs> yeah, it looked like he was asleep and yeah. was attacked. Yeah, he was a light sleeper, so like whoever got in had a key, but he left all the doors open, basically. Mm. And whoever would have known him would have known that. Yeah. So it was definitely an inside job. Light sleeper. So he doesn't normally wake up when he's being bludgeoned to death? <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess that's the case I'm trying to make there. Um very weird. Yeah. Um, and so he died right after Carpy parted ways with him. Yeah. It's a slam dunk case uh-huh. in most yeah. scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't the first case <laughs> yeah. for a particular uh, detective's department. Like the OJ yeah. trial. Well, Oof. there's a whole other aspect of this of Carpy's rent-a-car. Ooh. He, he, uh, he had rented a um, from Avis at his Sunbeam Hotel where he was staying a 1978 Chrysler Cordoba. Avis is also the sponsor of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and OJ Simpson was a spokesperson for Hertz. <laughs> <laughs> Hertz, don't it? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> uh, he had this car and all of a sudden he returned it back to Avis and he, he wanted it detailed and cleaned when he returned it, hmm. which is a weird thing to request. Clean it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you care if it's clean? What do you care when you're, when you're dropping Unless it off? Unless he doesn't want to get I'm a devil's advocate if he doesn't want to get charged if it's dirty or something. Yeah. Like if they find brain matter. But he also, he, also, <laughs> he also complained about an electrical issue in it and it ha- demands it get serviced. And so they have to send it far away. So therefore, they can't uh, look at it right away. That's hilarious. So they Jeez. clean it and they send it far away. They it were, sounds like he's trying to get something going in like a million different places I think for this murder. Carpenter, Carpy is just really good at whatever he's trying to do at covering up this crime, I guess. Yeah. Because there was a bunch of blood in the car even after all this detailing. There was? Yes. Oh, oh my God. They found, they found seven bloodstains in the car. Did they ever find out who's blood? No. Okay. They never found out. They did. There was no DNA testing around this time, so it was just type O, type A, you know, test where Mm. you just found out what type of blood you had. And that was a big thing, wasn't it, where Bob Crane was a certain type that matched the blood that was found in the car? Yeah, he was type N, so it it matched him, and it did not match Carpenter, but it's only a one in seven possibility that it was still Bob Crane's blood. It was the same type, but there was no DNA testing yet. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Wow. So whether or not that that was it, they couldn't really go down that road. So there wasn't really much they could do. They couldn't really hold Carpy on anything because they didn't really have that much on him. Mm-hmm. Besides these kind of weird things that could have went either way, and his story for the most part was consistent. Right. You know, he changed a couple things. You know, one a.m. to two forty-five a.m. Uh, stuff like that. So in around nineteen seventy-eight, with all. Everything they had, all the blood, the rent-a-car, you know, they had the crime scene and stuff, which was already tainted. Everything was tainted. Um, They decided in 1978 that they could not prosecute Carpy for the crime of murdering Bob Crane. Wow. So they got to let him go. 
They just let him go. With blood in the rental car. Rent- rent- yeah. Jeez. Blood in the rental car. They had to let him go. And there's not much they could do. They kept, they held on to the, the blood samples, and, which was tested four separate times in the late 80s and early 90s as DNA technology improved. Um, I they have, find a, a tripod yeah. <laughs> in his basement. <laughs> they what never, do you use that for? A his tripod like, ah. in the glove box? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, never, they never found the tripod. They never found it. Wow. They ne- like... It could have been a tripod. It could have been anything. It could have been a tire iron. No one knows. But um, this is the police interview with Carpy um, starting at 1553. Do you understand these rights? I understand the rights the way you read them. My question to you is that prior to an agreement on these rights here, what I was under the impression, correct me if I'm wrong before I make my statement to you, that I was coming here to help you out, not put me in. Wow. And I'm really very apprehensive about this. If I could continue since your statement in California was that you implied and directly told me that I had had direct contact with Rob Bob Train's death. Yes. In fact, what I need from you will you voluntarily answer my question. Now, reading from this rights card, you now understand and you've been questioning, can you stop? The makers of that documentary should turn up the music. I could almost make out what they were saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a weird documentary. But what's it, the gist of that? He professed his uh, innocence the entire time. He right. he still did up until his death. Like he agreed to do a lie detector test, a polygraph. Oh yeah, that would prove it. He said in that he goes, uh, "My understanding is that I'm here to help you out, not turn myself in." Yeah, and that to me is like okay. Well, it's almost you like fucking did it. Yeah, <laughs> almost like uh, saying let's do a plea deal kind of thing. I yeah. think Carpy was just. I think he was knew a lot about how all this works. Yeah, he was in the army and stuff. He was a like a decorated war veteran and stuff. So I was he, gonna say I don't understand why he's so like confident about the process. Right. In some ways, he seems like the dumbest criminal, and in other ways, the smartest criminal. Yeah. Because he left a completely messy, obvious crime scene, and he obviously did it. Yeah. But yet, he didn't ever spend a day in jail over it. No. But 14 years after this, after this interview, after 1978, after they released him, Carpy is finally charged with the murder of Bob Crane in 1992 by a brand new county attorney, Rick Romley, who decides to reopen the case. Fucking Ricky Romley. And what's the impetus for reopening the case that year? Because 12 years after the murder, Scottsdale detectives Jim Raines uncovered a previously unseen crime scene photo that showed a speck of brain tissue in Carpenter's car. You gotta be kidding me. This is insane to me. I still don't understand. How do you even explain that one away? Oh, that wasn't Bob Crane's brain tissue. That was someone else I murdered. That was mine. I sneezed. The (laughs) the actual (laughs) tissue sample. I'm just so smart, you know. Yeah. I don't need that much brain. (laughs) (laughs) I only need 10%. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The actual tissue uh, sample was long gone. Yeah. This is just a picture they're going on. Mm. How ridiculous is that? And probably the feeling that everyone pretty much has that this guy did it. Yeah, I think they That's just need, lingering. They needed something. I think they 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 still wanted this win. They wanted, yes. you know, they're known as the area that did right. not prosecute the murder of the guy from Hogan's Heroes right now. And it's a high profile <laughs> case. 
It's a, it's still a very high profile. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what the fuck this judge was thinking. He deemed it admissible. A picture, not even the brain matter. Wow. And Carpenter and Carpy was charged with uh, the murder of uh, Robert Crane. You know how they find people guilty even 40 years later with DNA? Yeah. They couldn't find anything to well, get him with I'm DNA. Gonna, I'm going to get to that. They they did do they did do a, a test in 2016. I, I will oh, get to that. In one oh my god! Okay. Spicy. So with with this case though, we're in 1992. Yeah. With this case, they had an uphill battle because it's very flimsy. DNA testing of the blood at that time pro- proved inconclusive. So they did do it in 1992. But the technology wasn't really there yet. It gets better and better every year. So yeah. I think, yeah. Um, by the time uh, David Caruso <laughs> joined the cast. And by this time, like I was say- saying before, um, new witnesses came forward to say Crane and Carpenter actually had a friendly dinner the night before the killing. <laughs> so some people said it was, it was you know, contentious mm-hmm. and dicey. Some people said it was friendly. 15 years later, they suddenly remember yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's weird, too. Everything is weird about this case. Yeah. <laughs> Carpenter's attorney shot down speculation that a missing tripod could have been the murder weapon and reminded the jury that there was no proof of its existence still. (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, Crane's predilections, you know, the sex and porn stuff and whatnot, Mm -hmm. um, gave the defense plenty to play with. And eventually the short of it is that he was, after two days, he was considered not guilty. Two days? Well, that was real fast. Two days the jury deliberated and considered him not guilty. Yeah. Wow. They just wanted to get back to their normal lives. Yeah. They didn't deliberate. How can you say not guilty? Yeah, that's bullshit. But there's also not enough factual evidence to, okay, to put him away. Okay, but it's so obvious. Yeah. I guess that's a dangerous road to go down to base it off the of last person a photo there, yeah. and all that crap. Well, but... the defense also also opened up the facts like, hey, maybe um, you know, Bob, you know, fuck some gangster's wife or something and took a picture of it and, and he killed her. You know, like they opened mm. all this rubble. Well, yeah, because Bob was no angel either. Yeah. It's totally plausible, like I said earlier, that could have been one of the women's husbands. That's what Carpy set up also with uh, disappearing that photo album and Mm, stuff. Like, you know. Right. And then I have another question. Do you know anything about his character between the murder and 1992 was he some sort of upstanding citizen he was still a um a salesman but for another uh, electronics company he was still like a regional salesman he was still working at 66 you gotta be kidding me yeah they're like this guy's got some baggage but he's real good at selling yeah. speakers <laughs> this guy's a fucking killer but he's also a killer a murderer, a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and he's into weird sex stuff but he's great <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they just had to let him go four years later uh, he dies of a heart attack at the age of 72 wow I guess that was young for his family he's, I guess his family said they all lived into their hundreds and uh, <laughs> and he, he he got the short trip yeah, on that one. Yeah, he at seventy two. Yeah, but they probably all weren't fucking their way through the entire country. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of mileage the, on that heart. The entire Southwest. <laughs> yeah, this guy did pretty well for a guy that fucking ugly. Yeah, absolutely. Again, that's what happens when you hang out with a TV star. Yeah, you know, you're gonna get some of that. So in 2016, Fox 10, a uh, local regional Fox affiliate. Um, they reopen the case. They do a whole expose on it, and they do a DNA follow-up. In what year? 2016. Wow. Yeah, the year we elected Donald Trump as our president. <laughs> no, I forgot about that. <laughs> so this guy, John Hook, produced an entire like expose series on the killing. Um, he did it in 2016, and I think they did a follow-up in 2017, mostly with Bob Jr., 
Bob Jr. is like one of the most prolific people that wrote about this. He did a big book called Crane about his dad and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Writing all about his relationship with his dad that was unorthodox. Yeah, very unorthodox. And then exploring yeah. the murder. Yeah. Um, and his theory was that it was Carpy, right? He said it was Carpy, but Bob Jr. also said it was his uh, his stepmom, the uh, the, the second uh, mom. Sigrid. Sigrid, yeah. He said it was Sigrid. Patty Sigrid. Yeah. Helga, whatever her name whatever is. Whatever her name is that week. Yeah. She, she, that makes sense. Too, except I don't buy that but she would bludgeon him. She said it was because of the money. Because she got all but the But it money. wasn't a lot. It was like a hundred grand. He, mm-hmm. he didn't have I a lot I heard of it debt. was a little more than that. Well, he had a SAG pension yeah, too. And the residuals from Hogan's Heroes. Ah, uh, yeah. And y'all remember how often you saw that on yeah, TV? On TV on, land. On, on, yeah, <laughs> TV land. It was on all the time. Yeah, yeah. 24-7. <laughs> but still, that's something. She had motive. But did she have the strength to bludgeon no, yes. I don't think so. Yeah. And from women what we poison know, people. Because they're not as strong as us guys. You know what oh, I mean? God. What a weird uh, direction. The, uh, they're oh, weak. What a weird angle on misogyny. <laughs> oh Kyle you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they don't. He's like a Russian guy. They poison oh, because they're weak. Lord. They don't have the strength. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They don't have the stones. <laughs> <laughs> to bludgeon. Oh they don't God. bludgeon because they, they have no... They poison. Yeah, it's like um, Christopher Walken. But they it's bl- true. They bludgeon you. <laughs> oh, Kyle's got a picture of... Uh, I got a picture of Copy. Carpy open right yeah, now. Yeah, he looks like a mob boss. He just... Yeah, like, yeah very odd-looking man. Yeah, no chin going on there. This is very weird-looking. Roy Orbison-esque. Yeah, just a weird... <laughs> right, yeah. It's just a weird husk of a man. The glasses. yeah, yeah. Orbison. Yeah. Roy Orbison meets Paul Simon. Yeah. yeah. And then meets th- the Godfather. And then throw in Gambino. Yeah. Childish Gambino. Oh, God. Hello. <laughs> okay, there's another. <laughs> um, where, where, where were we talking about just a second ago? Uh, Bob Crane? Oh, that, 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 that the wife could not have killed. Oh, right. Oh, God. I forgot yeah, what okay. we were talking about. Well, wait a second. Kyle, do you have anything more wait, to say about poison? this? poison? They don't bludgeon. Why is poison? They don't bludgeon. That's like the new Johnny Carson. <laughs> Jesus. If it don't fit, you must acquit. Next yeah. thing he's going to say, Sigrid was angling to star in G.I. Jane or something. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Me and not stronger. <laughs> you get slapped. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we're in agreement. She probably was not the killer. She probably was not the killer. And I, but he really thinks she was the son? Well, they had a contentious relationship, so this could have been a result of that, too. Because she, I guess, she just moved the body. Um, they were buried at, in Westwood at a, you know... Cemetery? Cemetery there. And then all of a sudden, the... the They're buried at Ralph's. <laughs> <laughs> the second wife just had the body moved without them knowing. But that's what they did to Casey Kasem when he died. Really? Yeah, oh, the, 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 the wife... The wife held it hostage. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. She was buried with them because they were still married at that time. So that makes more sense. If they're, she is, she died of lung cancer in 2007 and they're buried together now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. I don't know. Okay. So the son was kind of either or. Yeah. He said, he said they might have worked together. They might have colluded. Uh, that, oh, my God. Yeah. That, Car- that Carpy and the Wife. That sounds like a good movie. It's a short story, Carpy and the Wife. Carpy and the Wife. <laughs> <laughs> that they colluded together and, and killed uh, Bob Crane. Who sounds knows? like a morning drive radio show. Carpy. Right. <laughs> or a Raymond Carpy Carver and the story. Wife. <laughs> Bing bong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kyle's trying to bring back the sound of Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was trying to. Honk, honk. I was trying to take it into an intellectual direction by nope. saying Raymond Carver story. <laughs> <laughs> so they could have theoretically 
hired somebody to kill him too. Possibly. Yeah. Who was really good at, you know, getting out of there. And bludgeoning, yeah. But like, I don't know. Maybe But why maybe... would the blood be in the car? But, maybe he picked him up. Okay, well this Fargo, is, there were two hitmen. This is a True. good point to bring this up. This Fox Expose does a DNA thing. Uh they do a much more professional, uh much more up to date DNA testing okay. of the blood that was found inside the car in okay. twenty sixteen. So these are the samples that were found in Carpy's rent a car that they did another DNA test on, which I have this uh video of. These are all the major players from that are still alive from the murder case from, from 1978. In the Bob Crane case, and I'm joined tonight by five people who have lived and breathed this case for 30 years. Bob Crane's son, Bob Jr., is with us tonight. Rick Romley, the county attorney who prosecuted John Carpenter. Uh, Michael Lake was the foreman of the jury, and Barry Vassal, who investigated this case from Scottsdale PD for years. And we're also joined tonight by Stephen Avila, who is John Carpenter's attorney, in Oakland, California tonight. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. What do we need him there for? Several yeah. jurors have told me drama. that if they had DNA in 1994 that proved that the blood in John Carpenter's rental car came from Bob Crane, they would have convicted John Carpenter, no question about it. True, Michael? That's true. DNA tests at the time were inconclusive. 22 years later, we have retested those same samples from Carpenter's car at Bodie Selmark Forensics using the latest DNA science, and this time around, we got a result. We got a result. And tonight, for the first time, we are revealing Drum those roll. results to the world. Kyle, you shut up The there. DNA found on the door of John Carpenter's rental car is not, is not from Bob Crank. Okay. The tests actually picked up two DNA profiles. A major contributor is from a man his identity is unknown. Second DNA profile is a partial profile, too degraded to reach any conclusions. Oh, my God. This is an explosive development. I think we all went into this. He expecting. is not the father. This was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just when he's leaving. What's his name? Maury Povich. Maury Povich. They could have just, you know, cleaned up the case nicely right there. Wow. And instead, they throw that nuclear bomb on it. What do you expect them to lie and just say, yeah? No. But it wasn't the right blood, or I don't know. What the fuck? What happened? So there is another suspect involved. That blood could have been from something else. It could have been Carpy's blood. Maybe something else happened between them, Carpy, and someone else. You know, and Carpy's not giving up the full story. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, he's dead now, as Bill Gates would say. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah should have been more Epstein? careful. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we don't know what Carpy can say about it now. But what blood would it be besides I Bob Crane's? I have no clue. The, the car was like brand new. There was only 38 miles on that rent-a-car. Wow. Brand new car. Yeah, so nobody's even been. It's, they literally drove it from the lot to the, <laughs> to the just, rental just place. Just to the crime scene and back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so then it's not Bob Crane's blood either. That was the, what they were saying. Or I mean, it's it's not, it's um, not Carpies. Carpies. That's what it seems like. Hmm. It's it's weird. I okay. don't. It's weird, wild stuff. <laughs> weird, wacky, wild stuff. Um. But anyway, the the funeral uh, in 1978 was a star-studded event. About 150 mourners uh, attended. Every woman he had sex with. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was like <laughs> thirty thousand people. No, 
Include Patty. It looked like Woodstock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the women's parade on that. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, with the in Washington with the pussy the hats. hats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Patty Duke was there. She, I guess she wasn't that <laughs> oh scared God. anymore. Uh, <laughs> he didn't scare her off enough. Not at all. <laughs> he should have showed her more pictures. Uh, John Aston was there. Carol O'Connor uh, and Cra- all Crane's Hogan's Heroes castmates were there. Okay. I guess his son Scott. This, this is the creepy one who became the act, the failed actor. I guess I never said failed actor. I well, I'm saying, that, actor. I'm saying, is he a failed actor? Yeah. Well, we would have heard of him. Well, yeah, I saw him like his picture on IMDb. He he looked legit, but I didn't really study his filmography. But in June 2001, Scotty launched a website called BobCrane.com. Um, it included a page section featuring photographs, outtakes from his father's sex films. <gasps> And Crane's autopsy report that proved he said that his father did not have a penile implant, as stated in the movie Autofocus. <laughs> okay, so, so this there's a lot to had, unpack. Had, had, an, had something for everyone. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot to <laughs> unpack here. Yeah. First of all, he was selling the dad's sex tapes. Yes. Because that question was in my mind. Is it possible to see yeah, any where of are the they? hundreds of tapes he made? Apparently, he shut down the website and he destroyed everything. Because they shut sound up. entertaining yeah. if he's editing in the Tonight yeah, Show yeah, yeah. And sound effects. Sounds like an acid yeah. trip or something. Seriously. Yeah. He, and the sun probably even enhanced them further, like the Lucas special edition. <laughs> SFX. Or yeah. Colorized. Well, right. <laughs> Put Hayden no, Christensen's yeah. head over him. <laughs> <laughs> Lightsaber dick. Yeah. That, that, that's a whole Your genre. Schwartz is <laughs> bigger than mine. <laughs> no penile implant, though. And the, but the other thing that you mentioned is, which I believe I heard, yeah, he was trying to stop the movie from being made. Yeah, well, he not you know why? Why? Because he he wasn't being paid for it. Ah, so he started shopping around his own movie idea. By that time, though, the interest had ceased because they had already had autofocus yeah. with Greg Kinnear in the works. You're not going to get a better movie than Paul Schrader, Greg Kinnear, and Willem Dafoe made. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. the best movie about Bob Crane that you could make. Yeah, with the guy from Talk Soup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess the the movie that they were shopping around was called F Stop or Take Off Your Clothes and Smile. So basically, a, a, a rip of off of autofocus. Like, <laughs> let's <laughs> use another camera term. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, pretty much. <laughs> With a title way too long. Yeah. Um, but, but the other son, meanwhile, has a cameo in autofocus. I didn't know that. Yeah. Bob Junior does. He, yeah, he plays one of the guys that interviews Greg Kinnear in the middle of the movie. Oh, okay. something about the play or the show ending. Yeah. yeah, that's him. Well, there's a weird moment where Bob Crane is like doing a cooking show in Canada mm, in which he yeah. has a meltdown and starts talking about like weird sex stuff. And like, it's like weird. Like, check out this balloon smuggler up front. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just said gross shit about women like to in front of people like it was a normal thing. He was an empty shell of a person. OK, just <laughs> having sex. And that yeah. was it. He had no moral fiber. He had no hobbies besides just needing to be pleasured or pleasuring somebody. Yeah. Maybe that's why, uh, not maybe, that's obviously why he got into what he did in Hollywood, because he wasn't really an artist. No. He was just like a a, a, a personality. Yeah. 
Frank Sinatra is an artist, you know, even though he is a personality also, there's a body of work there that is an artistry to it. Are you really comparing Bob Crane to Frank Sinatra? Well, I, I wanted to bring it to this. He's highlighting their differences. <laughs> but I, I also wanted to bring it to this fact I had in which okay. the jacket Greg Kinnear wears in autofocus was actually from the show that he wore in Hogan's Heroes. And which was also a jacket that Frank Sinatra had worn in Von Ryan's Express. Mm. So it's a little tidbit for you guys for the drive home. Snack on that. (laughs) Snack on that. (laughs) Ponder that for a while. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What does it all mean? Stuff that down your snout. (laughs) (laughs) Stick that up your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them Carpe sent you. Oh boy. Carpy probably followed Bob Crane into hell. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's some good cans down here, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Bob Crane is sitting around the flames, you know, warming up. Yeah. And then they're telling campfire stories, and he feels something inside his ass. He's like, what is that? That would be a great, a great sequel to Autofocus. Carpy's like, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, he gets really weird. You know, in which he's, he seems like he's trying to fuck Bob Crane. The son, you know, Bob Jr., d- doesn't he Allude think to that? that yeah. yeah, that he was gay and in love with Bob Crane? Yeah, as I well? think he, he does say that also. Yeah. Or by, I guess bisexual. Bisexual, yeah. he thought he was, yeah. And I think uh, Carpy even admitted to having sex with a couple men. Oh, that is the least shocking thing says, I've yeah. ever heard. When yeah. anyone says in the story it's a couple, that means like 3,000. Yeah. <laughs> like the girl that said uh, they had sex twice or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if he really was gay the whole time, though, and just like doing everything just to be close to Bob Crane. That would add another right. crazy You know how element. furious you would be? Like, you know how, how many women I had to fuck to wow. stay close to you? Yeah. <laughs> like, the tits I had to suck on just to get that one beautiful moment where my finger was up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I got it on film, baby. Yeah, he seems like Philip Seymour Hoffman's character from Boogie Nights a little bit. In uh. Pathetic. But not pathetic because... It, anything homosexual or anything just because oh, of course not. he's taking some weird route to like you know to you know pathetically gay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course we're not saying that <laughs> Jesus. i just don't want to get canceled out there <laughs> to be clear <laughs> it's okay to be gay <laughs> pathetic <laughs> Honestly, <Skinner>. it's <laughs> it's okay to do what Carpy did for ten years, except for the bludgeoning to death. Thing. Yeah, allegedly, we have to allegedly. you know make sure we don't okay. get sued here by yeah. the Carpy folk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, OJ allegedly, Carpy allegedly. Yeah, and well, Will Smith allegedly hit Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no documentation of that anymore. Carpy's on the shit list. Will Smith is on the shit list. Yep. Um, <laughs> Bob Crane, we're thinking about it. <laughs> he's not not on the shit list <laughs> yeah um well under that <laughs> just a, another little factoid uh, for your ride home here uh but Uh-oh. scotty is the one who who i'd heard said that his father as far as he know only went to church three times up until he was buried so like he was not the church person he made himself out to be didn't you say they went weekly that's what they said. Oh, okay. But Scotty tells a whole different story. And he also said his dad was a sex addict way before he became a star, which autofocus seems to show that he just kind of like succumbed to the sex yes. stuff a- after he became a star. So It definitely got 
worse. Yeah, I think he ramped it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <in> yeah. <laughs> and Carpy, I think, just helped with that. Once uh, fame and money came rolling in, uh, yeah. goodbye. Yeah. I think once Bye-bye. he just had that big role, it's just like, you know, it's hard to, you know, something else kicked in and it's just a perfect storm of all this shit. It's like a little peep with the drugs. Just substitute that with sex. Yeah, it's any addiction. It just eventually hits a wall where it's completely out of control. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. There's no containing it. Plus the fame and money. Yeah. So you have unlimited exactly. amounts being thrown at you. Yeah. And I think, you know, moving from the East Coast to the West Coast, there was no family to constrain what you're doing. You know, you, mm-hmm. your, fam- right. your family is just as basically these people on the set you're working with. They don't give a shit what you're, you know. You know, like Patty Duke is like, yeah, I don't give a shit about this. You know, right. you, you're you're creeping me out. She's seen way worse than that. Yeah. Probably. Oh, I, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And then he got rid of the first family, the church going family like, where, he, where he had to be a family man. Which was his base, you yeah. know, from back east. Then he marries, you know, an actress, which I'm not saying that could cause, you know, Pandora's box to be opened, but that yeah. is quite a bit different than not marrying someone. She's going to be on set. I have some time. Yeah. It gives him more time and opportunity to do whatever he wants to do. And empathy from her. Yeah, and she. I think that was part of the agreement. They were like, "All right, here's here's the agreement. We're gonna get married on the set, (laughs) and you're gonna. I'm gonna be okay with you. Your creepy shit with Carpy. And I think that was the deal. Makes sense. And he goes, "All right, I'm getting. You know. And I think he was just that cut and dry of a guy. He's just like, all right, you know. He's like a kid. Like his wife is his mom, who's telling them. You know, he moved from one mom to another, basically. Yeah. Wait, so did the uh, the autopsy confirm that he definitely didn't have a penile implant? Or was um, it just the son saying that the son to get said, ahead of the story? I don't know about that part. I would be interested in here. And the fact that the son was that, so into it that, you know, he was going to get his dad's body exhumed or something. <laughs> oh, just for that? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, come <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. Wow. For the My penile. dad didn't need no implant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Show me the receipts. He's like a <laughs> yeah, right. Houston. Nice yeah, like, back. <laughs> who cares if he got one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, here's a receipt for one penile implant. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, uh, shit. <laughs> yeah, why'd they have to label it, though? <laughs> I have one really quick uh, blind item theory. Okay. There was this thing called the Bohemian Grove Sex Club. Of course. In I know Northern California. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. There, <laughs> yada, there, yada, there's tears of power, you know, political power and power in entertainment, like the Sinatras, the Reagans. You yeah. Know? Bob Crane was somewhere on that ladder in this sex world. Are you serious? In this, yeah, in this Illuminati sex club. And things were starting to leak, like the Roman Polanski case, for example. Other than yeah. their penises. And um, <laughs> other things were leaking. So Hey-o. Bob Crane <laughs> was kind of one of those liabilities. One theory is they rubbed him out. Really? And not the way you're thinking. Yeah, about. I was like, yeah. they, they, they dropped got, him off to death? They, well, he, they got rid of him. Out. Yeah, from the Bohemian Sex Club. They wow. got rid of him. Yeah. That's a theory. The Bohemian Grove is still going on, according to Alex Jones. Well, and, and Tim Dillon also, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's... Well, that's not a shocker. Yeah. Well, the, the microscope is on them these days. Yeah. Everyone's looking at that. Because Bill Gates yeah. is involved with that too, right? Possibly. I guess Bob Crane's mysterious murder isn't enough to bring them down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This vague <laughs> explanation. It but, wasn't uh, even enough for Scottsdale to get an actual homicide department. So... Yeah. Why would it be enough for anything else? They did a couple <laughs> years later. Those nincompoops. And then yeah. they did a reunion on that news program in 2016. Yeah, and then they say it wasn't his blood. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. I know. Yeah. Why do you just 
bring us all here. <laughs> like yeah. you, you, they this were horrible. Been an email. Yeah, right. <laughs> this could have been an email. This could have been a post-it note. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they were horrible in the original investigation that they do a reunion. Yeah, yeah. which is just as bad. <laughs> they, they brought the same boots. They stomped around the uh, crime scene with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, geez, what a non-event. It was like the Geraldo with uh, Al Capone's vault. Yeah. 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 The results are... It wasn't his blood. <laughs> uh, we're going to go cur- to commercial here. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be more interesting than this program. Yeah, than this bullshit. There's old old bums here talking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that's it. That's, that's all I got for you guys. Final thoughts. That's crazy that no one was ever convicted in the, uh, in the case. But it was name? It was Carpy. Crimes with Harpy. Harpy, Carpy, John Henry Carpenter. It was interesting looking at this, just seeing how it, like a crime scene unfolds, and obviously it's a bad example of one. But Carpy, I think, was just on his toes when it came to coming up with this alibi and everything, and just doing all this. I don't know. Yeah. But he can't possibly know how inept the whole autopsy and investigation team was going to be. No, but. If you anticipate any police department being stupid and just know how uh, fallible they are in general, even right. even with a, a great squad of investigators, you could poke holes at any of this shit. But it's just it's time. It's you. You have to pay an attorney. You have to like do all this shit. It's just time consuming. It's probably the worst example of a murder investigation. Yeah. Besides OJ. Either way, if you're the last person to see someone alive that was bludgeoned to death and murdered. You should expect to be hassled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think it's like 90% of the time, it's the last person that claims they were with them or whatever. Very official uh, stat right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> they they might as just... well have sent in the, the three stooges to investigate this. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I hear you. Kyle, doing... give me a little. Uh... He's just running. He's like, <laughs> nyak, nyak, nyak. Yeah, <laughs> running in circles on the bed. <laughs> Mark, I'm trying to keep the zoo no, going. I, I, I appreciate the, uh, the running joke of uh, Kyle's, yeah. Kyle's great skills as a uh, DJ. <laughs> Can you do Popeye? <laughs> oh my god. That sounded You're like just making random yeah, noises. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounded like Carpy and Bob Crane's <laughs> sex sessions. <laughs> Did you notice in the movie how he called him Big Daddy? Hey Big Daddy, oh, we have a good god, big thing so going pathetic. on there. Oh boy. Come oh on. My. It made uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Boogie Nights look like the Fonz. Yeah, pretty much. That's how pathetic <laughs> this guy was. Yeah. Bravo to Willem Dafoe, another brilliant. That would that should have been villainous Oscar performance. Right there, Oscar. Oh yeah, easy. All right. Uh, yeah, I think the message is go see Autofocus. Go see Autofocus. Yeah, I still have to see it. The reason it was even brought up was because uh, I was telling Mark about um, one of my old friends in LA. <laughs> I was like, this dude. I was seeing a girl, and I brought her over one time, and he was like, "Dude, me and you should hook up with her together." And I was like, or I could just do it by myself. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, that's a, he's like your carpy. <laughs> and you're probably gonna get killed by this guy. Yeah. Some dudes like the group sex thing. I don't know. Yeah. What, I don't. Obviously, there's something else probably going on there with what what they really want. But um, yeah, they want they want to get rid of the girl. <laughs> yeah. Um. Wait, there was one more fucking thing I was gonna say on that. Oh yeah. Well, this was actually a suggestion. 
based on our listeners on Instagram. Yes. Who I posted a kind of a generic thing. Who do you want to see? Who do you want to see covered? Any like you know big one you want to catch out there? So this was the most was with Bob Crane was the was the most. Yeah, there's a few people that responses. So okay. so that's why I chose to go with that one this week. And yeah, it was a, a heavy load, obviously, but um, I hope they're who, satisfied. We, I hope so too. I, I'm kind of nervous now. Um, <laughs> Where does it end, though? That there's possibly still a suspect out there. Yeah. With this new DNA, Carpy somehow was involved anyway. It seems like it seems all the the major players or people that would know exactly what happened are dead. You know, Carpy's yeah. dead. Bob's dead. Um, God, oh I, I think that girl from the best little whorehouse in Texas is dead. You know. You know. <laughs> I'm just gonna go right out and say it. Carpy did it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, check us out. Um, you know, send us an email. Let us know which what you want to hear. Yeah, you know, um, we're at Death and Entertainment. No, Death and Entertainment at Gmail dot com. Yes, Death and, and Entertainment on Instagram. Yeah, Diepod twenty twenty one on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. And if anybody wants to see uh, season nine, episode five of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, there is a character called Marshmallow, the polar bear with a broken penis. What? And that was me. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, aired the same night as the Oscars. Yeah, it was the two biggest moments in uh, television history <laughs> was um, Will Smith slapping the shit out of Chris Rock, and then a few hours later, I was on TV as Marshmallow the Polar Bear with a Broken Penis. Yeah, and kind of dancing with John Oliver. That's right. In the studio, very cool. Yeah, That's we, right. we watched it, and uh, it was, you know, you, you're on screen with the, with the big late night host. Yeah, yeah, and it was very funny. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Good stuff. You would never know it's me, but it well, is. you know what though, knowing it's you, like all the movements, <laughs> it was really funny. Oh, it, like a, you were like doing slapstick, right? Yeah. It was like physical comedy. Yeah, like Charlie. Chaplin. I'm not joking here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were good. You were Buster good. Keaton, you know. Yes. <laughs> Kyle was Turner's Buster gray. Keaton. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton. Yeah, yeah. you name it, <laughs> all in one. Yeah, and the Marx Brothers um, and the Stooges, there and we also go. we're on. Death and Entertainment on YouTube. That's so correct. We that's, are. Uh, that's and we have some fans there that yeah. look forward to us every week. Yeah. What's her name? Samantha commented. She looks forward to us every yeah. week. Yeah, she's great. You know, we appreciate that a lot, and we hope you like this episode. And yes. we need we, we need this like Carpy needed uh, like Bob Crane. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Thank you very much, guys, and thank you for putting up with me and us and all this stuff. That's right. All right, Mariska Hargate. See you next week. Hargate. You have just heard... A true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.